and I'm looking at probably a hundred axle orders up there. And some of those pieces of paper represent two to three to four, maybe six axles because they're going to some shop back on the East oh, Coast. Yeah. We're folded in half waiting for parts. He says, it's very frustrating. Since <laughs> this is one time in their history where sales has outperformed what the factory could produce. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. The JTS team is here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show's for you. Find out more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. That's where it's all at. Hey, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, we'll be hearing about a great group of Jeepers in Cleveland doing some amazing things for their community. Jeep just unveiled a new vehicle, and we're going to hear a little bit about it, too. And I've got a bone to pick with a name you will likely recognize. (laughs) Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and I'm sharing some storage solutions. I'm Tony, and how many Jeeps in a driveway classifies as a call for help? Or an intervention. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I know that the the limit is is it three cats josh and then then after three no, cats you yeah, have a problem no, no more than that for sure <laughs> yeah seriously three is the max on cats jeeps not so much uh, there's there's always a good explanation for more than uh, three jeeps i think who was a, who yeah. was the old friend of the show who had like 13 jeeps uh, jenkins mm. yeah, that sounds right that sounds that's about is, right. is that was that right yeah Jeeps? Yeah, we actually. Oh I think at yeah. one point there was at least thirteen. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a Canadian, so that kind of explains it. But, uh, <laughs> oh, great! Now you're going to offend the Canadian listeners. Well, you know, you got you to you spread it around. So the, uh, the was interesting that that he uh, what what was really cool is he would buy them uh, broken and bent and damaged, and he would fix them and then sell them. So he was in, he, he was doing God's work. I mean, he was rejuvenating Jeeps and putting yeah. them on their way back Get out on the road. There. Yeah, Anti-cash so, for clunkers, man, right there. Yeah. yeah, we actually made the joke about he's like, you know, the same, he's like a, a cat owner that has too many cats, except he's got Jeeps. So, <laughs> yeah, that was that was good stuff. That was, man, man, I bet you that was like seven years ago. I wonder At where, least. I wonder where <laughs> he is. Uh, he's, he's probably outside working on Jeeps. Yeah, exactly. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. All right, I'm going to go way out on a limb here this week. And I'm going to assume that I'm the only one here that watched the unveiling of Jeep's first full-size vehicle in over 30 years. Yeah? I I missed it, so. I missed it, sorry. Shocking. Word. (laughs) I spoke briefly about the teaser video released exactly one week ago that set up the buzz for the unveiling for the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Now, if you missed it, we will have a link to the video in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. Now, the first minute or so uh, of this um, of the unveiling, I almost actually shut it off as it had all these weird, odd camera angles, sweeping shots moving way too fast to see any detail. And I'm like, if this is going to be the rest of the video, I'm just going to shut it off right here right now because I don't need to see 13 minutes of this. But the 13-minute video does settle down, and you get an extremely detailed look at just what the engineering team at Jeep has been able to accomplish. 
a level of technology, connectivity, and workmanship that honest, honestly I think Jeep has not displayed in decades. The Grand Wagoneer is the pinnacle of what an SUV can be. The highest level of detail has gone into every last corner, stitch, dial, and button. The most exquisite leather, screens at every glance, and I'm talking over 75 total inches of screen width in this vehicle altogether. Uh, virtually at every corner, you're going to see something. Ergonomics that a Bentley would be jealous of. And the room. Goodness, never before has there been such an expansively crafted SUV that has taken the utmost consideration for the comfort and entertainment of each and every passenger in each of the three rows of seating. A 23-speaker ultra-high-end audio system by the one and only Macintosh will bring the concert to you no matter how far off the beaten path you go. And with unmatched cargo space and passenger volume, there's enough room for everybody. What's almost more impressive than the quality of workmanship that has gone into these two vehicles is the new uh, the new Quadralift air ride suspension system. One of the best features of the rig, in my opinion. Its ability to change ride height at will. Its towing capa uh, capabilities as a toy dragger has been highlighted here as well. With load leveling technology and a feature that drops the ride height all the way to the bump stops, and engages a high-definition backup camera with zoom to directly navigate the truck to the trailer with ease and confidence. And then the, you can lift the Grand Wagoneer's height back up to ride height with you never ever having to get out of the vehicle and crank anything up or down ever again. Impressive, to say the least, for anybody who wants to tow, well, anything. So is the best-in-class towing capacity of 10,000 pounds, making it more than capable of towing pretty much whatever toy you want to take wow. on your next venture. The starting price for the large three-row SUV ranges from roughly $87,000 to $104,000. A fully loaded model will top $111,000, according to Jeep. Yes, this does come with a very high price tag, but let me tell you, um, once you set eyes on what you're getting for that money, you're going to see it's well worth it. The Grand Wagoneer will be uh, the sibling to a less expensive vehicle, if that price tag has you uh, shocking a little bit. Uh, it's called the Wagoneer, which will start at 57995 when both SUVs go on sale later this year. So I guess this is as good a time as any to make an announcement for the show. Um, I recently You're announced changing your mind. <laughs> I recently announced that I'd be this instead because it can tow uh -huh. more. <laughs> I recently announced I wanted to get a Jeep Gladiator for the show. I'm changing it to the Grand Wagoneer. So uh, absolutely, and and nobody, nobody in their right mind would blame you at all. No, uh, honestly, at after all. watching this 13 minute video and just seeing everything that these things can do and honestly i don't even know that it is everything that these vehicles can do or what they're equipped with uh, i'm gonna have to go see one in person uh to be honest uh the the wagoneer itself is impressive unto itself and actually comes with a higher toy rating than the grand wagoneer uh does the the grand wagoneer is just the epitome of luxury uh you just cannot get a finer suv i i don't believe. uh it is just amazing what this thing looks like uh, it's something straight out of uh, a car show, almost like a concept vehicle. Uh, some of the, the views that you see inside of this thing, you're just like, wow, this is a production vehicle? No way. Uh, and to be honest, when you, when you look at it, you're going to be shocked as well, uh, seeing just what Jeep has brought to the forefront. Uh, all the other manufacturers out there are going to be scrambling now. to, to They've, they've got to save face. They've got to come up and now compete with Jeep. So, the, I mean, BMW is now competing with Jeep. They've got to step up to the plate now and, and bring something to the table. And it, it's, it's going to have to be something impressive to compete with the likes of the Grand Wagoneer. 
So does it still have the uh, the stale cheese and nicotine smell to it? I mean, that new car smell is the the French That's version. That's standard. Standard. Mind standard. You, on both yeah, who, who just bought them? I mean, who came in with, and came, did this Stellantis thing? It's not. They're not French, are they? What was the other the other now, country? I, I, here, here's where I've got to kind of put a pin in all of this because honestly, I think all of the R and D, the research, the engineering, the 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 development, um, all of the testing and and everything that that went into making these vehicles what they are is all FCA and Jeep. And, and to be honest. This just screams mostly Jeep than it does FCA. This honestly doesn't look like anything that we've seen from FCA. It, it, Stellantis didn't have anything to do with this. Uh, the, the the ink was pretty <laughs> much dry on all of this by the time that merger happened. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, they, they want to take. Is this board, based on anything tangible or just your wish? Because <laughs> well, I, like, I like I like what you're I'm, saying. <laughs> it's, it's I mean it's just as far as the timeline goes. That's uh, true. You know, when That's you look true. into you look into vehicle test, you know, vehicle manufacturing and stuff. All of the R and D has to be done well in advance of of the release because they have to go through actual real world testing. We saw a lot of that with the JT. We saw a lot of that with the JL as well, and uh, and and other uh, Jeep vehicles as well over the years uh, before we saw a big design change. Um, and so all that production and everything, all the tooling and all that stuff has to be done before you go into this testing. And testing takes months, if not a good solid year or more, especially when you're talking about a vehicle as technical, technologically advanced as this with as much technology has been crammed into this vehicle. Uh, it's amazing how much they really have fit into this. They would have had to have gone through a lot of testing, especially with this unique suspension system. Um, that Jeep has never had before. So, you know, you're, they're bringing a lot of new stuff uh, in, into this vehicle, and all of that had to be tested and engineered well ahead of time. Uh, and with this merger with, you know, Stellantis, uh, you know, FCA and, and Stellantis, or uh, FCA and PSA group uh, creating Stellantis, rather, um, you know, all of that, sure, I'm sure it was in the works, but these were two separate companies when all of this research and development was going on with the Grand Cherokee, I mean, with the Grand Wagoneer, rather. Um, and, and so, you know, Stellantis sort of came in, was like, yes, we also did this to us. <laughs> and so I, I we, think that we bought this company who did this. Yeah. So we did right. it. Right. Because <laughs> we be got money. credit for it, but they really didn't have anything to do with it. So, uh, Wendy, is this something that if you could afford it or, or you could live in it, would you buy one? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope. And it's not about the money for me. It's just, uh, you know, I'm more of a truck girl and a Jeep girl. So, yeah. Well, you, doesn't, you, you doesn't could, appeal but, to But me. you could pull horses with this thing, I believe, at 10,000 nope. pounds, right? No. Really? I, well, I, want my, I want my truck. Sorry about that. No, but I mean, <laughs> with 10,000 pounds, pull, pull your horses? Uh, it might. You could put them on a diet if it didn't. Yeah, you know? it's, it's not the horses; it's the horse trailer. <laughs> I know. You know. I was going to say, likely but, uh, something like a horse trailer is going to be more of a fifth wheel uh, but, type of setup. Yeah. Which but, oh, you but could seriously. you could do a fifth wheel on this with a no, sawzall and some welding. But seriously, <laughs> Just, if I pulled up in that with my horse trailer, it'd be like uh, I know, I know that would Forget be so funny. It. That'd be like driving it's, one of those FCA Renegades coming out to, yeah. to Gold Mountain. That's it's right. funny you actually mentioned horse trailer because during the uh, 13 minute video, part of the promotional footage uh, through this is actually uh, the 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 Grand Wagoneer hooking up to a horse to trailer. A horse. So of course it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's probably just a, a two or three horse trailer, a pretty small one uh, by by most uh, horse trailer standards. Uh, so I mean, you know, nothing that's really going to be like, oh, wow, look at it tow. You know, it's well, it's nothing like that. 
But at the same time, ten thousand t- pounds towing rating is nothing to shake a stick at. So you know, no, and I and, and I could see if you were into dressage, this would fit your budget, and you'd have a very nice horse trader back behind there. And, yeah. you know, I was going to say your horses would get all snooty; they wouldn't be able to get along with other horses. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Great <laughs> manes. You know, yeah. no, and you know what? There's plenty of room in that wagoneer for the actual stable help. So this is a good thing. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah, well, a, I, I, three, three panel uh, panoramic sunroof too. So you can, oh uh, man, so yeah. uh, you could uh, you could put your gir- pet giraffe in there. So th- this will be interesting to see how successful this is for Jeep. I'm hoping it's very successful, and I do like sure them do. branching out into uh, larger territory, so to speak, because yeah. this is going to give all the other manufacturers, I think, a run for their money because Jeep hasn't had something this big that carries this much and tows this much. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, Josh. Uh, yeah, forever. So uh, perhaps in, in many, not in many people's lifetimes. So, so this is a big deal. It absolutely is a big deal. Um, now, with the price tag, obviously that's a big deal too. That's I don't huge. expect Jeep to be selling a million of these units uh, the first year out or first two years out. This is going to be one of those things where it, this is definitely elitism uh, at its best. Uh, you know, not everybody is going to be able to afford one of these, and if you are lucky enough to to be able to have one of these in your driveway. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be one of those, you know, last vehicles, forever vehicles type of things or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because, again, this is all new technology. So the other side of the coin is this could be a major flop. We could see um, a ton of issues, recalls month after month after month on new technology that has maybe not yet been fully proven. Now, we, Jeep kept a lot of the Grand Wagoneer uh, research and development very close to the ch- uh, to the chest. Um, we didn't see a lot of teaser um, or, or spy shot photos uh, until just a couple months before uh, the, the, the unveiling. Um, we, we didn't know about a lot about this. They kept all the details secret. So there very well could have been many years of, uh, uh, you know, of testing involved in this, which you know, would negate any, any sort of you know, massive recalls and, and issues that we would see. But we don't know. Uh, that is just speculation at that point. So, you know, there, this could be a major flop. This, this could be, you know, the uh, water world uh, of Jeeps. I, you know, I don't know. I like that uh, movie. It looks, it <laughs> looks all shiny and, and, and amazing, and, and the promos make it look great. Uh, you get in the theater, and, well, maybe not so much. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. Time will tell what's going to happen with the, with the Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer. What I do see is the Wagoneer being more successful than the Grand Wagoneer. I honestly think in, uh, by this time next year, we're going to see sales numbers far exceeding uh, on the Wagoneer than the Grand Wagoneer, just I, I think primarily because of uh, of price point, but also mm-hmm. because of towing. Uh, there yeah. is about a thousand uh, pound difference, I, I think, in in towing capacity between the That's Grand Wagoneer awesome, and the Wagoneer. Though. It's still impressive, nonetheless. Yeah. But that might be the deal breaker for a lot of people. I don't know. Uh, again, time will tell. It's still not a uh, not a Jeep to me, but I mean, I can certainly understand how somebody has a family. Uh, th- th- you know, they're looking at the BMW or this. Um, did you, uh, I, I'm sorry, Josh, did you mention anything mm-hmm. about diesel options or maybe a Hellcat motor or any of those, <laughs> any of those fun things that we, you could get in this? No, right now I think it's all V8 options. There are a couple, I think, powertrain options right now, but again, this is all relatively new. Give it a few months and we might see some other powertrain options, uh, coming out, maybe give it a year or two and we might see a diesel option, uh, possibly even internationally. I, I don't know. I certainly don't know what the what the um, you know what kind of sales zones these are going to be. Are, is this going to be an international vehicle? Is this going to be a U.S. 
or North America sold only vehicle. I, I don't know that information yet either. So uh, again, this is all brand new. They were only announcing the unveiling about uh, of this just a week ago. Right. Uh, all of the information came out literally over the weekend. Um, you know, over, uh, so it, it's it's one of these things to where you know it, it's it's all brand new. So we're you know we're kind of everybody's kind of clamoring to get as much information as they can. Jeep is releasing stuff as they as they can. Uh, and so a lot of this also is going to be coming out of the dealership network as well as far as availability. Uh, further price point promotions and availability. So I'm thinking that if a competitor were to come out with something like called uh, the Grand Bronco, we could see a lot more options. <laughs> that's not even a funny name. <laughs> that, I know. Like, right? That's horrible. <laughs> and, well, well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, grand. you could see some extra options on the Grand Wagoneer. If uh, if Ford came out with something, I'm just saying. What I actually, you know, what what uh, kind of to code down that same rabbit trail a little bit. What I do see is this setting a precedence for possibly Jeep's first full size pickup truck in decades. Oh, that would be interesting. They they could possibly use this platform, this technology, to base them uh, to base a pickup truck off of. Now, no. would it be you know uh, more of a Honda pickup, you know, than, oh, than right. a you know, yeah. pickup? You know, I I the don't know. Uh, you know, I'm I'm again merely speculating. Uh, it's all just you know sort of you know well, we've sort of seen that kind of thing happen before in the past with Jeep and their manufacturing. Uh, we certainly don't know a lot about the the you know the, the plants where these things are made and and exactly what lines these are being made on and with. So, um, yeah, there's, 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 well, that, that'd be one more thing that time will tell. I hope that in the next maybe four to five years, we see Jeep at least teasing the possibility of a full-size pickup. Yep. Well, Dodge Ram certainly did a good job uh, with their, uh, their, their parts of it. I mean, uh, Jeep and Dodge basically kept uh, FCA going. So it, it, would yeah, make, it, it, would, it would make sense. Well, another thing that makes sense is doing the right thing, and uh, and I want to point out a group of Jeepers who are doing that very same thing. Now, so what happens when you combine a shared love of tricked-out Jeeps and a desire to give back and help people? Well, those interests come together in Cleveland, Ohio, in a very unique club called the Jeep Invaders. It almost makes me emotional because it's almost a sense of rescue, Jeep our club president Eric Payne said. They see all the Jeeps coming in to help, and, and you see devotion on people's face, and they see what we're doing. It's priceless. The Jeep Invaders are a community of uh, a community organization that rides with a purpose. If you ever see a row of colorful custom Jeeps in your area, well, you can rest assured that something good is about to happen. Payne says there's no limits to how the Invaders can help. We've done birthday parties. We've done fundraising for a women's shelter, men's shelter. We can pass out gloves and hats, give away turkeys, gift cards, he said. I mean, anything the community needs. The Jeep Invaders tries to meet that service. Board, mem board member Colin Jackson added. Founder, founded in 2019, the Jeep Invaders have quickly become a mainstay in community outreach, and this recent year has taken their service for the city to the next level. In fact, just this last Saturday, they were found passing out hand sanitizer and mask decorating kits for kids out on Miles Road. During the pandemic, we have all had to be so socially distant, Jackson said. We can't gather together and celebrate, so when you get an invasion from the Jeep Invaders of 15 Jeeps riding down your street, whether you're 75-year-old grandmother or a 5-year-old, one event at a time, we're bringing a smile to everybody. Hmm. With partnerships now happening with the Cleveland Browns, the Urban League, Soup for the Soul, and other organizations, the Jeep Invaders are truly on their way to invade Northeast Ohio. But whether through a big event or a small one, Jackson says they remain committed to their community and to one another. 
my hope is that we are able to, as a community, continue to do that and build that, and more importantly, that we can bring more people along with us for this invasion, because we can't serve the community without the community helping us do this. Amen to that, brother. Hats off to the men and women of this amazing Jeep club, Jeep Invaders, really showing, showcasing what being a Jeeper can mean. If you would like to check out Jeep Invaders for yourself, we'll have a link to their social media pages in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. You know, they could come out with a really fun app. You guys remember Space Invaders, right? <laughs> yeah, you tell you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. I was just thinking, I was like, man, this would make a great video game title. Yeah. Jeep and, then, and then you could have little old Jeep Renegades going in, dun, 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 across the screen, you know? And then a, <laughs> a Wrangler or something at the bottom shooting up at the, uh, at the, the space or the Jeep Invaders coming down at you. I just, I think it'd be a great idea. Probably a copyright issue, but yeah, what the hell? Uh, it's for a good cause (laughs) (laughs) well if you've got something to say about these stories or anything you've heard on this week in jeep or this jeep talk show be sure to let us know what you have to say by phone or by email any number of ways that you can reach out to us just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how hey coming up a little bit later in the show we've got an interview coming up with peter corn songwriter and author most recently of the article titled the best jeep wrangler is 20 years old yeah (laughs) yeah it is yeah it is you're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Oh, yes, you are. And we've got something for everybody at the 4x4 Radio Network. If you haven't checked it out, you haven't told your friends yet, what are you doing? Head over there right now. you got to spread the word. Right 4x4radionetwork.com. <laughs> the On the Trail Podcast is there. Trail Chasers is there. The Center Steer Podcast. The 4x4 Podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is there. Lots of off, great off-road shows, and it's all for free. No sign up, all none of that crap. All you got to do is go to 4x4radionetwork.com. The 4x4 Radio Network. We'll see you there. Yeah, a lot of great shows there. Um I really enjoy. And you know, Dan's coming out with a uh, with more episodes here uh been uh, more episodes here recently. So, uh there's uh, there's always great content there. Uh the uh, Center Steer podcast, if you guys have any uh, any uh, interest or or love for uh, Land Rovers, uh, Center Steer Podcast is a very enjoyable, yeah. yeah, it's a very enjoyable show to listen to. You feel like you're uh, not sitting around a fire, uh, some some a British stove of some some sort with a sipping tea and whatnot. It's just it's a very Crump- comfortable and, crumpets, and crumpets, yes, whatever her name is. Tea. And tea and crumpets. Whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different show, Tony. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's a lot of fun. And uh, John and his uh, his team do a great job over there. Listen to it. Uh, you'd be really surprised. And it's funny, too, because when they start bashing Jeeps, John jumps in and say, well, you know, the whole reason for Land Rovers existing is World yeah. War II and Jeeps. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that one thing. And you hear him in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a very fun show. Well, you know what else is fun is something that the Jeep Talk Show has started doing here recently. And, uh, and it kind of started uh, with a little bit of a quiet storm behind the scenes. But we talked a little bit about it uh, here and there in, uh, in some bonus segments uh, after the shows, uh, um, you know, a little while in the past. And, and the idea kind of got put on the back burner for a little bit. Well, recently it came back to life and with a fervor. Uh, and uh, we got some help uh, outside the Jeep Talk Show. And, uh, and really some people have stepped up uh, to make this possible. Um, and, and what it is, is, is well... Tony, it's it's all about the rat bastards, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> so basically what happened was is that I made an offhand comment that uh, if you don't pay to listen to the Jeep Talk Show, 
you're a rat bastard. Exactly. You guys remember that, and uh, yep. I, I think you uh, you gasped. I think you both collectively gasped, like, "Oh my God!" <gasps> you're calling potential paid people or our paid listeners or non-paid listeners rat bastards if they how dare you? And it was really funny. We actually got a review uh, on Apple. Uh, you can actually go over to <laughs> Apple Apple Podcasts and see this review, and it was unsolicited. I promise you, and it was the the first podcast that this guy had ever listened to and he was he was he was taken (laughs) aback whenever we called him a rat bastard for not being a paid (laughs) subscriber and he was and this was going to be the last podcast he ever listened to not just the jeep talk show yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) not not just the last jeep talk show podcast but the last podcast because how dare us yes so oh, we, we read that. I can't that. tell you how much sleep I lost over that individual. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so we read that as we, we read all of the reviews here. We read that and we just had a oh, blast yeah. on with the it. On the air. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a blast oh. with it and uh, it, it just kind of took off. People wanted to be rat bastards. And they, yeah. were, they were proudly saying, I'm a rat bastard because I listen for free. You know, damn That's you. Right. I'm listening for free. Uh, and uh, so we, uh, we're going to do a little thing here. Uh, you guys, you guys know about the the Duck Duck Jeep thing. You know about uh, yes. the Jeep Mafia doing the uh, koozies, no. where they they'll go and put those koozies on the jeeps and the ducks on the jeeps, and it's it's very it's fun. It's just it's fun to watch, and it's it's interesting to see the reactions of people that come to the uh, that group and then post about how uh, privileged they were, they felt to do to get this, and then of course you see those pictures of the ducks laying on the ground where the jeep used to be. No, like, they, they don't leave them. They do. They swat Some them off there. Have, yes. Yeah, they swat yes. them off like, there. How oh, dare you? This. And yeah, how dare you? Uh, exactly. And so uh, we we're gonna put uh, we we come up. We decided uh, that we're gonna do uh, a rat bastard tag. So it, 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 we're gonna get a team of folks. We have eight people that have already signed up to do this. Oh, eight! It's up to eight already. Eight, eight people <laughs> have signed up to do it. You guys are awesome. That's right, and and basically they're going to have these little cards. I think I can hold this up for the camera. I, I know this is great podcasting for you audio-only yeah. listeners. Well, describe what you're showing. So it's a card. It kind of looks like one of those old-style uh, uh, like shipping. Tag. shipping. Oh, yeah, yeah toe tag. I like that. like a freaking toe tag. Yeah. Or uh, a rat bastard. And it's, it's, yeah, it has a little, a little rat attached to it uh, and various stains. And then on the back of it, it has... Oh, uh, no, there, there's like mud stains and there might be a coffee yeah. ring on there. I'm pretty sure I saw some blood stains or a little splash yes. of it there over here on the side. You know, it's no, it's extremely well done. And in the font, you, you've got, you know, the Jeep Talk Show logo there. You've got, you know, military font and stuff. I mean, it's all, it's all very official looking. But what does it yeah. say? So on the thing, it says rat bastard, exclamation mark. And then it says in much smaller font, you're not a rat bastard. Listen to the Jeep talk show and find out how to file a dispute. And of course, as soon as they listen, they become a rat bastard because they're doing so for free. Yeah. <laughs> it's a catch-22, folks. Building prophecy, yes. <laughs> so obviously, this is a, a way to have some fun. We have a, a Facebook group set up. You're more than welcome to join uh, Facebook slash groups slash rat bastard. So you can go over there and you'll actually see the form that you can fill out if you'd like to get some of these cards. So what we're going to do is, and I'd like to get some opinions. We'll get the Zoom people in in on this later. Um, I'm thinking that what we'll do is we'll uh, send 
the rats out because I can uh, order those straight off of Amazon and have them shipped directly to the folks that are going to be uh, infecting Jeeps for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, my, my lovely wife will be doing up these cards and then separately we'll send out the cards. So then the, the folks that are going to be doing this will glue the, the, the rats to the card and then go and put them on the Jeeps. And hopefully there will be some police action or news media coverage. (laughs) (laughs) Some outrage, some public outrage. And uh, people go, who are these Jeep talk show people? And how dare they? And, you know. Yes, but but I thought the whole purpose was to get more listeners. You're just after the police part of it, Tony? Is that that, what I understand? Think about it. That does. (laughs) That would be national coverage, potentially. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, I had I had raised the point that you know wait until the wrong Jeep gets tagged and some yes. right indignant Karen calls into the show you know threatening a lawsuit or something because how right. dare we that's just you good know? podcasting there right there <laughs> absolutely hundred percent so you know once once Tony was just like you know that'd make a great episode and I was like, you're right actually it would so all for it let's go 100 percent, people it's all about fun folks and if you'd like to join in on the fun just go over to uh facebook.com slash groups slash rat bastard and of course it'll be in the show notes and uh, you can sign up to become a uh a, a, <laughs> I'm thinking about Nikki G's uh, upcoming uh, thing. You'll you'll see what I'm snickering about when you hear it. Don't oh, be but. teasing us on that. <laughs> <laughs> so you could uh, infect a few Jeeps out there for us. And uh, I really hope that uh, we get some uh, some great calls or some great uh, emails from folks that uh, unsuspecting. And they're going to say, Jeep talk show, what the hell is that? I've never heard of it. Yeah. Y- you know it's going to happen. Anyway. Looking forward to it, and if you want to be part of the fun, uh, you know where you now know where to go. You rat bastard! <laughs> hey, coming up in tech talk, Josh is going to do his best to avoid a cease and desist letter from a major auto parts supplier. Hmm, that's interesting try. and and a bit scary. Hey, I'm Tom about to add the paper. Yeah, it sounds so tacky and racist. I'm calling to report it. Yeah. It says, 23-year-old Cherokee, red, Dante always, it good engine, that sounds pretty racist and derogatory. She runs fine. Oh, I wonder if she took. Oh, minor scratches. Oh, I bet for a huge gas. Make offer. Not until marriage and and coming centers. I'm trying to find some wheels. Not going to last if that stay out. (laughs) The faces. The faces Josh makes when that guy calls in is hilarious. Well, I have no idea what he's saying. I'm like, I'm trying to listen. I get bits and pieces, and I still can't piece it together. I'm putting so much mental effort into deciphering (laughs) what I'm hearing. I'm I'm sorry, I tricked you guys. That was actually Joe Biden's speech that he gave tonight. Well, okay, now that makes sense. Of course it makes sense now. Captain mumbles himself. Uh, All right. You kids, get off my lawn. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, I just want to give a big shout out to one of our listeners, Brent P., for suggesting this week's topic. I love when listeners give us uh, suggestions. We really appreciate it. We can work less that way. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have to come up with a theme every week. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, st- <laughs> let's get right into it. So storage is a big thing to think about as you get into jeeping. Now, what do you do with all that stuff you carry? The tools, the chairs, cooler, recovery gear, first aid, and if you travel with kids and or dogs, you need their stuff too. This topic is so vast, I could fill up a whole show just on storage solutions. But to save everyone, I'll break it into a couple of parts, so you have to listen to get all the info. Now, it turns out there is so much in the marketplace to choose from that it'll make your head spin. So in this episode, I'll share some basic ideas on storage solutions since a lot of us are newbies. And don't worry for all you experienced jeepers, in part two, I'll discuss the more expensive and slick ways to store your gear. Now, first, you have to decide what you actually are doing with your Jeep. If you're on the basic fire roads and you only go out a few times a year, or this is your daily driver, you may not need to store a lot of stuff. But if you are rock crawling and out blazing trails, you will need some type of storage system to keep all things secure. Keeping the things secure is a priority when Jeeping. If you've done some crawling, you know that stuff doesn't stay put. It's easy Mm. to bounce off a rock and bam, there goes the cooler. Or better yet... There goes your kid flying in the back seat. So deciding on what to store and how to store it is just all part of the fun. Now for the newbies, it really doesn't have to be fancy, expensive toolboxes and containers. In the beginning, you have many more important things to spend your dollars on, like lifts, rock sliders, and skid plates, and not being a rat bastard. Subscribe to the show, darn it. So what containers you actually use to store the items in is really up to you. So here's an idea of what we have done. Now, when we started, we had the Viair air compressor. We still have it, but it came with its own bag. We used that bag for everything to do with airing up and down, the gauge, tire deflators, etc. That was an easy solution, and the bag has compartments to separate different items. Next, we needed some basic tools on board, like the 10 millimeter socket wrenches. And thus, we started with a small toolbox and have moved up to a bigger toolbox because we've added more tools we found we needed through the years. Now, this plastic toolbox from Home Depot holds all things tools and is very budget-friendly. Now, the bigger tools like the tire iron or breaker bars, etc., fit in the back seat under the back in the back under the seat. Now, Bill is now looking to upgrade this toolbox to a cool thing he saw when we wheeled with Chad and Vicky. Uh-huh. Now, I believe Chad saw this item from Jeep Mama. It's called the Blue Ridge Overland Gear Tool Bag. Now, this system will definitely make it easier for Bill to find the exact tool he's looking for. It comes with a bigger outer bag, like about 12 by 12, and it has six removable smaller bags that you can fill with like items, making it super easy to grab what you need. The clear window system allows you to see everything inside, or you can label it with what's inside. Putting similar tools together like all your wrenches or Torx bits, nuts and bolts, or whatever you have makes the job at hand seem to go faster Then you're not digging for the one tool you need. Now, I like that it was all in one place, which our toolbox is too, but we have to dig through all our tools to find that one tool. I'm sure when it's filled, it'll be heavy to lift, but you can simply open it up, lay it flat, and take out the smaller inner bag of what you need and leave the rest in the Jeep. I can't wait for this upgrade down the road. Now, another bag we have is our recovery bag from Factor 55. This bag is designed to hold everything related to recovery. We have our tree savers, soft shackles, snatch block, D-rings, and straps of different lengths. When we need to assist someone, I go to this bag and have everything I need in one place. It's a substantial heavy-duty canvas oilcloth type bag with zippered top and easy access. 
Of course, we saw it at the 50, the Factor 55 booth at an Overland Outdoor show and decided it was a good purchase. Prior to this, we had the straps wrapped up and everything else loose on the floorboard behind the driver's seat. Now it's so much better to have it all in one place. Now, we also carry two foldable collapsible chairs that fit nicely behind the driver's seat, and we put all the bags there as well and sort of wedge everything in so it doesn't move when we jeep, and it maintains a low center of gravity. If we do not take the dogs and we have additional passengers, we can put all the bags and gear in the very back. Now, in the back of the Jeep, we have the power tank secured to the left side along with the small bag that holds everything we need to air up and down. Bill's system of tubes and four air chucks that connect all four tires at once to air down or air up, the gauge and deflators if necessary to help other newbies. Now, this bag is secured to the housing that the power tank is attached to. It makes it easy to get to if needed and out of the way when we take the dogs. We also have the best top storage in, on the door gate. Now, this is a two-bag system that attaches to the rear door. It houses the dog's water bowls, water, and our first aid kit, and, of course, mountain money. That's toilet paper for the newbies. <laughs> the problem with this system is that it does slip off its rail system when we go over bumpy obstacles, and the bags do take up room into the back area, so the dogs have to maneuver around them. I'm not happy with this system. But we bought it when we were newbies and thought it was a cool idea. It's not. And I know there are so many more options for that rear door storage. It hasn't mm -hmm. been a priority because, as I mentioned, there are so many other things to put our money into. Uh-huh. So, when I find something else to put these items into that makes sense, I will change and get rid of that system. Now, when we wheel, there's usually a cooler bag or hard cooler depending on the time of year. We usually secure that behind the passenger seat if we don't have anyone with us. The idea is to make all the heavy weight toward the floorboards and not get too stacked up high with weight. We wheel over a lot of things, so we are conscious of the top-heavy effect and try to keep all things stored low. Now, one last thing to mention is where you store your winch controller. Bill found a great nylon drawstring bag just large enough to stuff the controller and cable, and it fits nicely under the driver's seat. Most times, if you find the need to use the winch, you don't want to be looking around in the back under all the other stuff. Also, you may be the one stuck and not able to get out of the Jeep, and your buddies are asking you for your controller so they can help get you out. And if it's right there within your reach, it'll be far less frustrating. So whatever you do in your wheeling, having things stored in a way that makes sense to you, organized how you want to retrieve the items, and also think about your wheeling needs. You can decide to make it work with what you have on hand or explore the many options out there and choose things that fit your budget and work. I do recommend to just start wheeling and you'll see what you need and adapt and adjust as you go. Like all things Jeep, you'll probably be changing and rearranging things because we all know that when you wheel with others, you will see and want things they have. Thanks a lot, Chad. <laughs> all right, guys. So what basic items do you store and what do you use to store them in? Well, let's see. Uh, it all depends on what kind of an outing that I'm going on. Uh, you know, never, I, 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 never a pillow, Wendy. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's you, I, almost always I forget the pillow. Uh, no, it's uh, I, I, I've got things stored up, and so it's easy to just kind of grab and go. Um, so I've got a couple of totes that are all set up for camping gear and stuff. And oh. so it's just, you know, if I'm going to go on a camping run, and I'm not really doing a lot of wheeling, and it's just going to be more to, you know, be outdoors and just be out there. Um, it's a bit, massively different sort of um, rig setup than what I what I have if I'm going rock crawling. 
So, I mean, the totes easily store right into the back, uh, back of the Jeep, you know, cooler goes on the seat, that sort of thing. Got room for, um, you know, miscellaneous, uh, luggage items if you, if you need and, and other things as well. Um, I've got a, uh, 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 trailer hitch, uh, storage rack tray type thing. It's all, you know, um, extruded metal, expanded, uh, metal and stuff. It's got sides on it. Uh, works great for um, gas cans, firewood, things like that. Uh, again, if I'm just doing like a camping trip. Now, if I'm going wheeling, uh, the Jeep gets uh, loaded up with kind of whatever. Um, if, it, if it's snowing, I grab my snow kit. If there's going to be a lot of rain, I grab my rain kit. I love ammo cans. Ammo cans are so easy to store stuff in. Uh, they're easy to grab. And more importantly, they are m very easy to secure. And that's yes. important. Because you end up in a situation where you're standing on your front bumper and your gas tank is in the air, um, you're going to wish that everything in the back of your Jeep was ratchet strapped down because it's soon to be all over your dashboard or the back of your skull. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the last <laughs> place you want something like, um, I, I don't know, your recovery bag to end up. Uh, snatch yeah. blocks are kind of heavy. D-rings suck if they slam into the back of your head at 30 miles an hour, which is about how fast right. they'd be traveling when your five-mile-per-hour Jeeps come to a complete stop and that big, <laughs> heavy item comes up over the back seat and thwacks you in the back of the head. So it's, it's really all about can you secure it? Throwing it in the bag and having everything in one place is one thing. That's awesome for when you want to grab everything and have it all at once. But, you know, and, and, you know when, if it's time for recovery, you've got your recovery bag, you've got your gloves, you've got your straps, you've got your shackle, you know, everything you need. It's all right there. But that doesn't do you a whole lot of good if in a bad situation, that thing ends up going through your windshield or mm -hmm. knocking out your passenger or you. So you've got to be able to secure it as well. So storing it is only half of the equation, to be honest with you. I, I You know, it, storage solutions are awesome, but a lot of the time they don't address securing it. So, you know, if, if you have an idea for storage and, and, and stuff and it works great for you, you got to think about the other side of the coin is can it be secured? Um, and so that's why I love things like milk crates and ammo cans and stuff like that, because one, you can put a lot of stuff in them and two, you can really secure them down. Uh, my milk crates, they get, you know, the tops of them uh, get mesh, uh, you know, they're the mesh cargo bags that would go on the back of a motorcycle. They're, mm -hmm. they're perfect for a milk crate. And yeah, they have that's just right. They would be to keep everything down and locked into place. And so I've got all my fluids and, and, and stuff like that uh, in the back, uh, you know, in my milk crate, all locked down and everything. And then that too, again, it's got handles and it's got holes in it and stuff. Ammo cans, they've got handles. Perfect place to, you know, to put a uh, ratchet strap through. Um, and so once everything has a ratchet strap through an opening that, you know, is a closed loop system, more or less, thank you, Factor 55, um, mm -hmm. you, you can then lock everything down. And even if things come looser a little bit or jostle or, or switch positions, it's still on that tether of being sort of locked down through the handle. Uh, and, and so, I, I'm, again, you know, it's all about being able to secure your load. So, you know, storage ideals yeah. are great. Just make sure that you can lock it down. Yeah. So, uh, it Jerome S. from uh, our Facebook Live chat says, Tudor Wrangler Mostly canvas bags and everything is strapped down with Velcro. Yep, that's so true. But, you know, I think when you're new, you don't think about, one, putting stuff in to make it easy to get to. And everything we have has handles that we can easily strap down and secure it. And you when you've got dogs or, you know, other other people that are passengers that maybe aren't familiar with it, you need to secure that stuff. Because you're right, it coming out flying, <laughs> I'm telling you. 
there's things that don't, you know, you, you start a run and then the next thing you know, stuff is in the wrong place. How did that get there? So yep. <laughs> it's so true. So I just kind of wanted to do a little bit of getting the basics out of the way and then we'll kind of dive into some of those other things. Now, that Wendy, I want to kind of ask you a couple of questions, if I may, about your guys' loadout. Now, you, you mm-hmm. talked about putting a cooler on the back seat. Mm-hmm. Why even have the back seat there? It's extra weight. You're putting whatever, you know, your cooler, which likely is going to weigh a good 50 pounds or so, you're putting that on top of the seat. You're actually no, creating... No, it, it's a small cooler that fits on the floor between oh, the back seat and okay. the front the That's front a little bit different. And, it's wedged, bit and it is wedged in there. I mean, it would take quite a bit to come get that mm-hmm. out of there, but yeah. My, my, I, my wheel cooler is the same way it wedges in between the pa- back of yep. the passenger seat and the front of the uh, of the back seat and it's it's perfect it's right within gre- uh, grasp and the thing ain't going nowhere <laughs> yeah and if we if we had to put it on the seat i would actually probably use the seat belt or somehow tack it down so it wouldn't move because the cooler yeah. is ridiculous and again it depends on the time of year um mm-hmm. if if we're doing something where it's not as um hot we don't we could use a soft-sided cooler and that fits even better. You know, it's easier to secure it down, but the hard cooler is the tough one because it does move and it's awkward. So. And you know what just, uh, what just dawned on me is all these things that you guys are talking about is just like, man, 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 man to me because I can't go off road. I never can go anywhere because my Jeep runs hot on the highway and I can't, but that's changing and I can't get that. this is my point. Uh, it just <laughs> dawned on me. That these all are going to have to be real concerns for me, but that's the, right. but the cool thing is I'll be able to have two two vehicles for storage. Yes, which is nice. <laughs> Double the now, stuff. I, now, Wendy, uh, you've got some pictures uh, in the uh, in the show notes here that you're sharing yeah. with um, with uh, with us, the hosts here, uh, and you're talking about the Blue Ridge Overland gear, their uh, their tool bag that they have, um, which yeah. kind of has all these separated compartments and stuff and and, and whatnot like that. There's another company, and I'm I'm I really should have done my uh, research before I started opening my mouth on this sentence and this this thought train. Too late. But we now. had a co- I know we we had a company <laughs> here on the show, uh, which we interviewed, of which whose name I am now brain farting. I know on. who you're talking about. Their tools. Who is it? Who is it? They, 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 great tool they, uh, uh, things. Oh, ARB. No, no, no. Oh, no. They, they make like they vests and belts. Uh, no, they. And, like military grade type stuff. I All think they even have things. military contracts. Yeah, and these contracts the stuff, and stuff on like the back that. Of the Brian back uh, of the Brian Plummer actually, I think, uh, uh, put put us uh, put them uh, got us in contact with them, and we had them on the show. I know who you're yeah, talking about Josh. That yeah, is some great stuff. And, and yeah, and they, they have some great stuff. It's at a premium price point though, so sure. uh, that's primary reason why I haven't gotten one. But uh, yeah. yeah, that it was it was one of the and it's one of those kind of designs that just makes you you just go wow. Because it's like, why didn't I think of that? It, it addresses everything that a Jeeper would need for storage solutions. Uh, and, and this kind of made me think about that because this kind of sort of is playing in the same ballpark as, as what those guys are doing. Uh, so well, I just wanted to point that out and, and tell you about the thing that I can't remember. Well, you know, <laughs> and there's, there are so many products. This is just one that I'm even bringing up. And the only reason I am is because when Chad had it done and he's so detailed and organized, he actually has a list of where everything is in his Jeep. I thought that was pretty impressive. Wow. I mean, I, I know which bag is stuff, but I don't have a list of everything that's in the bag. I know it's in the bag. But it was interesting how he, he's labeled these bags on this Overland Gear product. 
Um, and he knows instantly where it is and what's there and what's yeah. missing. Yeah. And, you know, he, he can make a list if he breaks something or has to replace it. So my, my but, off-road kits the same way. I know exactly what I have and, and yeah. where it's going to be and, and where to go to get it and, and everything. And, and I know that I'm not going to be, well, does anybody have a 10 millimeter? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like I said, there is, I could easily do a, a show and a half probably with the amount of things out there that somebody could select or pick. And a lot of it comes down to what works for you. You know, like yeah. I said, we started off with the basic toolbox. Now it's a bigger toolbox. Uh, you know, we like the system that we saw that Chad was using and we'll probably eventually move up to that because it makes it easier for Bill when he's having to pull something out. But again, when uh -oh. I'm talking... <laughs> hey! Hey! -o. Ah. <laughs> oh man, he's gonna kill me for that one, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. Tony. <laughs> well played, uh, sir. Well played. Not let that one go. Anyway, all right. So on the show, God, now I'm gonna be all red. Oh, okay. Hey, me red. I'm blushing over here. <laughs> I'm just you trying to make it easy for people that. that are starting to get organized within their hat Jeeps. Off. You don't have to spend a lot of money in the beginning because there's a lot of things you can spend yeah. money on for this storage stuff and solutions. And they may or oh, may yeah. not work. You know, So you kind of have to check it out, see what other people are doing. How does it work for them? And then decide what works for you. So, hmm. All right. <laughs> So, do you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets? I or do. do. You have any, do you have any other <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> oh my gosh. How, uh, are already suggestions on storage solutions? Reach out to us and let me know because I'll be putting together some other things for the next episode. But I'd love to hear from you. For more information, check out our YouTube channel on Jeep 4-1-1 with more tips, tricks, and techniques. So uh, if if Josh could just talk a little longer, I could look up the uh, the the company that we were talking about that does the tool belts and stuff. No, uh, I, well, actually, I can because I'm I'm curious who this Chad individual is and and just what exactly he turns you on to that you guys are are, are now like clamoring to get your hands on. Uh, well, that's I, what I, I'm I, talking about. It's this uh, Blue Ridge Overlander gear. He had all of the uh, tools okay. in that. Yeah, Blue and Ridge. And it was all organized. And Chad and Vicky are actually really good listeners. I I think they're still rat bastards. I'm not sure. But they, they are listeners of the Jeep Talk Show. And we actually helped Don Alexander when they came and did a, a training thing with them. He, they actually went oh. to the school that Don has. And Bill and I got to help. And we become friends. And we went out and wheeled in the snow. If you guys remember back a couple of episodes, we had that snow incident. Not the yep, ice capades yep. last week, but the snow incident where we had to. You were wheel talking rather positively about the people who you were who you were wheeling with that uh, that yeah. day. So yeah, yeah. So it was kind of neat to see some of the gear that they had, and um, like I said, that's what happens when you wheel with other people is you get to see stuff that you either want, need, or or you have to have <laughs> something <laughs> gotta, like that. Gotta, gotta 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 have it. Gotta have I it. I gotta have that. Josh, you see the show notes there. Look down, uh, no, sorry. Look, down below the, look down below the power oh. tank. Oh, okay. Okay. Atlas 46. Uh, see, <laughs> oh. I knew it was going to be some sort of, it was an odd name. Yeah. So yeah. Atlas 46 is the company who I was referring to. Um, and, and they do make some amazing Beautiful. stuff. If you want to hear the interview um, that we had with Atlas 46, uh, and, and I've 
done my my this I have not good. done my due diligence to uh, patronize them as as uh, appropriately as I should have. And uh, oh, I've, episode three eighty. I've episode three eighty. I've been over there. Opened. I've been over to their site looking at their stuff and pleasuring oh, myself. No, it's I, very I, nice. Oh, <laughs> yes, I window shop frequently. Uh, their stuff is amazing. Oh, um, good but stuff, man. One hundred episodes ago, Tony. I know. That freaked me out. It's been. That's we need to have them back on. It's it's is what that's telling me. That yeah, that is telling me it's it's been too long since we've had Atlas Forty Six on the show, so we need to get them on. So uh, go check them out, uh, Atlas Forty Six episode three eighty, uh, and you can kind of you can kind of see what we're talking about. Hey, hello. You ever use pine saw to get the fish smell out of your seat covers? There we go. That's yeah, the new one. Out. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's the new one. There's layers of wrong. There's just layers of wrong to that. Well, of course. Was, you, you, everybody knows you don't put long. your fish on the seats. Oh, God. You put them in the cooler behind the seat. Behind the seat. Yeah. That's <laughs> the direction my mind was going. Hey, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Tony, let's talk about the event you got coming up this week. Please. Yeah, Tony. Tony, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about it. So, the Lone Star Jeep Invasion is this weekend, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you're not listening to the Jeep Talk Show on a regular basis. So, do you know anybody who's going? Uh, other than well, Larry Moe okay. from the the Zoom group. Uh, although you weren't oh, here, okay. that's right. You you uh, you you got in late uh, th- tonight. So, uh, Larry Moe, a uh, uh, Jeeping Moe, I should say, Larry Jeeping Moe is actually flying down. From Missouri no. to come to the Lone Star Jeep invasion, Dang. and he thinks he's going to get a sticker. I, I I'm sorry, he better get a sticker. He better get a sticker, Tony. Come he's, on now. He's literally flying in to come to the Lone Star Jeep invasion, and uh, there's another uh, a listener uh, that actually uh, that uh, I've met, and uh, when I went up here to, to Barnwell. Uh, I met this gentleman, and uh, he commented on our Facebook Live tonight. I'm just trying to find it here real quick. We have so many comments tonight. It's uh, I'm having to scroll. That's and that's interesting all on its own. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I apologize. Oh, it's James. James H., James H. says he'll see me tomorrow at the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. And, of course, Absolutely. you'll see me Saturday because that's when I'm going to be there. So Yes, but he's meaning Friday. Yeah, right. Well, the show comes out on Friday, so maybe he does mean yeah. Saturday. So, you know, yeah, I just want to make sure does. that he's listening and he knows that I'm not yeah. going to be on there Friday because I got I got a job that I got to, you know, have to go to and stuff. <laughs> so, Saturday, I, I will be there. And uh, I do want to make sure uh, I, I'm going to be there representing the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, and it's great that, that I'm the primary person behind the Jeep Talk Show because otherwise they wouldn't let me go. They would have somebody else do it. That was, it's a lot more like Josh. Josh is a lot more well-equipped for crowds than I am. But anyway, I'm going to be there representing the Jeep Talk Show. Just look for the red XJ with a big-ass Jeep Talk Show sticker on the side of the Jeep. I mean, I'm, mm. it's, it's like three feet across. It. It's huge. <laughs> So and the sticker's big too, but dum bum. So we'll be <laughs> in the show and shine area oh all God. day Saturday. <laughs> There's, you know, I know Bill. I can, I've heard Bill make comments and stuff. I, you, yes. you, you got to be used to this already. I, so, I it just, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> you're just surprised to hear it from somebody else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be in the show and shine area all day Saturday. Hope to see you there. Please come by and wake me up, and uh, maybe I got a sticker for you. <laughs> wake him up. <laughs> wake him up. 
shake him up. It's a long drive. It's like a 45 minute drive. I'm going to need a nap once I get there. For heaven's sakes. (laughs) (laughs) Driven farther to go to work. Uh, you know, actually this Saturday, um, I'm going to be doing something Jeep related myself. I I think I teased a little bit uh, of this, uh, last episode, maybe the episode before I've got a friend who's, um, uh, taking, uh, now he's pretty much bought these for what they're worth in scrap. Um, uh, both Jeeps have been sitting for a very long time. Is that the Jeep? Um, Is that the the Jeep or just a picture? It's just a picture of something similar. Okay. Um, cause that's a beautiful Jeep. It, that is a, a beautiful Jeep. Uh, he's picking up a, a one 1975 and one 1978 SJ. These are what essentially are the first ever generations of the Cherokees. Um, now, these are the full-sized Cherokees. These are full-sized Jeeps. These were uh, what essentially was uh, the the uh, what started off the whole SUV craze uh, to begin with. Um, and and these are uh, one of them. In fact, is a a limited edition. It's a it's a Golden Eagle. Uh, Jeep Cherokee, and uh, and for those who don't know, you go go in and look up um, you know 1975 uh, Jeep SJ Golden Eagle, and you can see what he's going to be taking delivery on. Well, it's a representation thereof. The Golden Eagle has been sitting for no less than 14 years, and the other one has been sitting for about eight years outside under trees. So uh, one of them is completely grown over. Uh, it's it's pretty much up to the mirrors uh, or beyond with briar bush, blackberry bushes, you know that that sort of stuff, and is is sitting wow. in about eight inches of mud. Um, the other one is uh, apparently was running and driving until eight years ago. Uh, the guy pulled the battery and the uh, AC compressor out of it, and there it has sat uh, for the last eight or so years. So this Saturday, I'm going to be helping a, um, a buddy uh, take delivery on these. We're going to go um, uh, borrow a, tra- a trailer from a, from a friend of mine who I actually just put a, a winch on, and um, uh, the trailer, not the buddy. And uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, go be clear. let's make sure that's clear. <laughs> so lower. I of course am going to be uh, likely uh, tasked to get these things running again. Uh, he's mechanically inclined, but I, I assume that he's oh, going to be turning. He mean, that means he knows somebody that knows how to work on yes. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So both of them have three sixties in them. Great V eights. Um, uh, they are both going to need completely new interiors. Uh, but other than that, solid platforms, I guess both of them are rust free. I was going to uh, ask that just now. I was thinking of what about everything the rust? is there. Yeah, everything is there. No, I guess uh, there is a little bit of surface rust from, you know, sure, sitting in sure, a sure. spot outside for so long. Bird poop uh, and stuff. You know, all that. Uh, you know, it's going to need some paint. It's going to need some some seals and, and that sort of thing. But, I mean, he's basically getting these, well, like I said, for scrap. Um, $300 a piece. Oh, so my God. Even if I don't know where the hell I'd put it, but I'd I'd definitely get one for three hundred bucks. Right, right. Because if nothing else, if nothing else, and it's just it ends up being way too much. He gets in over his head. He can scrap these things out and get his money back essentially. Yeah. Or wow. Or you know, post it up on Craigslist or something for five hundred bucks. I guarantee you, somebody will pick it up. You know, even if this Uh, didn't run, I could get it for three hundred bucks. We set up green screens. And then at the beginning of the show, uh, Josh and Wendy call shotgun, and that's that's who gets to be in the front seat <laughs> of the shot, <laughs> and the other person's in the back. You know, hey, like I want to get in this. Wait, I want to be so there. It's, it's going to be interesting uh, pulling this golden eagle out because, again, I said it's been sitting for like fourteen years, and it's in eight inches of mud. Well, you um, know, anything so, can be fixed if you want to put in the time no, and effort into it. I, I mean, so. and you've seen those TV shows with those you know, quote unquote, barn finds. Yeah. Uh, yes. This obviously 
one of those. Uh, this is outside, but it kind of is in that realm. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about a vehicle that is, what, 26 years? No, wait, uh, we're uh, 46 yeah, years there old. There you go. There you go. Uh, here, you know, so. Uh, next years yeah. are 26 years old. <laughs> yeah. so that's why I was thinking Cherokee. Yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, uh, 46, almost 50 years old on these things. So, uh, so cool. even if they were to get them just running and driving as is, it's going to be a fun vehicle. That's, so, uh, it's. That's going to look great on 40s. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Put an LS in there, sure. you know? I'm not sure exactly what his plans are. Um, I, I, he's he's kind of buying these just to buy them. Oh, of course. Uh, 600 and, bucks. And, My God. Right? I mean, it's, you know, almost. Why not uh, at that point? He's got the, he's got some acreage, so he's got the room to store these. It's not like these are going to be sitting out in front of his house on, you know, on, on Main Street. Uh, so, you know, they'll be tucked back in the back 40 type of thing, and he'll get to them when he gets to them. Uh, so yeah, he, he does have a goal to have at least one of them up and running, running and driving reliably, uh, within oh, a year. Man. That's, that's a wow. lot right there. The reliability is going to be the, it's, it's like you when you bet. get to the 99.9 and you're trying to get it to 99.99, it gets <laughs> increasingly difficult as you get closer to hundred percent. Hell, I don't think they're hundred percent from the factory. So I'm going to try and uh, try and snap some pictures uh, and, and maybe some video uh, of pulling these things out of the weeds Absolutely. and uh, I'll see if I can yeah. share these uh, stuff with fun. you guys here. So yeah, that's what I got going on Saturday. So uh, I'll be do I'll be doing something Jeep related too, Tony. I'll just uh, be a little bit different group of people. Yeah. Well, I wish you could make it down here. I wish you both could. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Know, really I know Wendy was complaining about how far away it was and I've reminded her about her keep telling me to drive out to... Oh. The California Jeep and Mo over here making us oh, look great. bad. Oh, I'm just trying to freaking hop on a flight and fly around there for the day. Oh, Who is this oh, guy? God. And by the way, he's not in the Jeep people group tonight in our Zoom meeting because oh, he has a oh, 5 a.m. flight tomorrow ooh. to fly down to, to Houston. So, Lord. Well, we're going to miss him. him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a better man than I <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if, it, if you had the, the frequent flyer miles... Uh, sure. You'd, you'd probably t- go uh, someplace true. else. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wanted to, I Tony, know. but I couldn't make it. I, I had to go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for I don't know, years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and and then in the end, it'll be. Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you Why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? Oh, absolutely. And you ramp bastards out there have been really stepping up and, uh, uh, and helping the Jeep Talk Show by be- becoming paid subscribers and really, really want to thank you for that. Um, and I'm transitioning into the, our gladiator talk segment here, but I wanted to mention this because it goes right along with this uh, paid subscriber thing. Brett P that's P with a B, uh, there's a thing like Josh does. It's P is like Paul became a paid subscriber today, just today, sugar daddy level. That means the a same, cool that, 100 bucks. Is that's it? The is the same, same listener? Guy? Yeah, who who gave us the suggestion for storage? That's well, I mean, you can't oh, get right on. How much? You know how how uh, in, interactive can you get with a show? More Damn more so than that. Yeah, right on. So, like uh, and he specifically said in the notes of his order, 
this better not go to the gladiator fund how <laughs> yeah. dare you seriously though you know what i think we need to check that out yeah he's right <laughs> there will be an audit at the end of the year Tony. i'm just saying yes so about 12 hours getting back to the gladiator stuff about 12 hours after episode 479 was released last week i received a message from deadpool no seriously it it wasn't some twisted dream with ryan reynolds and crocs holding a unicorn slow down hold on <laughs> turns turns out the deadpool is a ex-military a gladi twice gladiator owner and a oh, rabid wow. jeep fan yeah, he, he, he got a Willie's, uh, again, not referring to uh, Ryan Reynolds. He got a Willie's Gladiator first. He took it off-road. He says, nope, I got to get me a Rubicon. So he Attaboy. went and traded it in and got a, a Rubicon. So and, and then the folks where he was doing business with hired him as a salesperson. You know, with the COVID thing, his he had problems with his job, so he is now a Jeep salesman. And uh, so he, uh, it was pretty funny, a, a Marine buddy of his listens to our show. He didn't mention a name. Uh, he was just very derogatory towards the Marines. Uh, <laughs> About eating crayons well, or something. I'm he's, sure. He's Army. So, you know, it's, it's, ah, it's the thing to yeah. do. So anyway, he said that uh, his Marine uh, brethren actually uh, mentioned uh, that I was looking for a gladiator for the show, and uh, he was contacting me about that. Uh, so <laughs> we spoke for a bit, and then uh, I was wrapping up the call. I asked him for his name. He said, Deadpool. <laughs> and I laughed and said. That's his real name? I said, so, uh, so I just come to the dealership and ask for Deadpool? He says, yes, I had my name legally changed to Deadpool. Dude, this, this man is my new hero. I, 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 I must now meet this individual. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, you know, I, the way I look at this is, it could be a little scary, but I look at this as great podcasting. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. You cannot make this up. <laughs> so Deadpool works for a, uh, <laughs> slow down. Yeah. His name is Deadpool. Make sure everybody's caught up with that. Legally, Deadpool works for a Houston dealership called South Fork Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. Personally, I'd rather see Jeep further up the list, but I digress. Mm. <laughs> Speaking yesterday to the owner of South Fork Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, <gasps> I received the approval to record some audio for the show. And he oh. even offered to do a guest interview for us. Nice. Oh, wow. To give us a dealership owner's perspective of all the bullshit that you people try to pull on these folks. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's got stories for days. Uh, uh, yeah, he's got, I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's going to be nice, but you know, it's true. Uh, you get upside down on a vehicle, you go in there and you bitch about cause you've got to come up with a down payment. You don't want to spend the extra $10,000 that you still owe on your old vehicle. You want a new vehicle and it's somehow their fault, you know, because you, you can't do math or meth or both. So, uh, he's, we're definitely going to have him on, uh, but the, First thing we're going to do, uh, more than likely, is to get uh, Deadpool, and uh, we'll probably have Deadpool, some audio segments with Deadpool, Ben, and Chris. Now, Ben, which we hadn't mentioned yet, sent over sent me over some quotes that I think, uh, for what I think I need, and how you know configured the way I think the Jeep Gladiator needs to be configured. Um, it's damn pricey, damn yeah. pricey. But as it uh, turns uh -huh. out. With the yearly inflation, this Gladiator will just be a thousand dollars more than my XJ was 
1998. Bullshit! Good way to look at it, Tony. <laughs> no way. That is, that is very true. I think you carried the two wrong or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. It's because uh, I paid like $25,000 for my XJ back in 1998. And if you uh, uh, adjust for inflation, it's it's right around $40,000 oh in 2021 dollars. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So, so that really helps me because well, when I look that, at this. That definitely puts it into perspective a little bit too. Yeah. Actually. Sure. Yeah. So it really helps me because I really don't like spending this kind of money. But, but you know, I've been around for a little longer than uh, a lot of people. And I, I remember when, you know, a, a dollar was something that you had to you know, take your pants down for. So it was a lot of hard work back then. Well, and, you know what that means, uh, you know, going back to inflation and perspective and everything, that will mean in about 10 years, I can finally afford a Gladiator. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we, should, we should have an economy based on uh, what, what a Gladiator's worth, you know, but, instead, but of, now, instead of gold. Minute, Josh, if it's 10 years yeah. from now, that means that that Grand Wagoneer's become a truck. And That's then right. go that route, right? So there you go. And all, and all Jeeps will be red. There'll only be one color. Oh, no, no, no. It's not going to happen. Tony's talking about the XJ standard. You know about the gold standard. It's, it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm... Oh, and this is kind of cool. I, I did some some research, and this is something that, this, that our Zoom people helped me out with uh, three weeks ago whenever I made this announcement that the, the show was going to get a Gladiator. And when I say the show, I mean me. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we definitely know that. <laughs> it just, it just sounds very better. Here. It's like, well, the show's a big deal. I can afford a Jeep. That's great. Nah, it's not. That, that ain't that, that ain't happening. Uh, I anyway. would hope though, that uh, that you're going to to do an even bigger Jeep talk show sticker on the Gladiator than you did on the XJ. I definitely, I definitely want to get a sticker, and uh, I'm uh, the 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 same folks that I'm brain farting on on the name of the the. The, uh, the group that I went to the first time, uh, the, the same people that made the Jeep Talk Show sticker, I'm going mm-hmm. to, I'm, I'm going to, I think what I'm going to do this time is go over there and let them uh, put it on uh, because I got a little extra, a little more money than what I did when I got that sticker the first time. Uh, although I think it turned out pretty well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I definitely would like to do that. And, but this time uh, I want to get, uh, spend a little extra money and have the little, the little slits or the little holes in the parts that go over the windows. So you can actually see through the sticker. You can't do that with the, oh, the sticker yeah. that's on the XJ. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the, uh, the I was looking at the oh that's what I was, that's what I was saying. The Zoom people actually uh, somebody in the Zoom uh, group mentioned that if I wanted the Max tow package, there was a limited number of I think trims that had that available. And mm-hmm. the sport and the uh, the sport was the one I looked at, and it was you know it's it's about it really is the cheapest version they have, so that worked out really well for me, and I, I really wasn't looking any further. Uh, but when I was getting more serious when talking to these folks uh, at uh, the uh, South Fork Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, uh, it's just south of uh, maybe maybe technically in Houston, but it's just south of uh, uh, downtown Houston. I, uh, I I started looking at the Sport S to see if that was available and seeing what differences were between the Sport and the Sport S. So now I've got a quote for both the Sport and the Sport S, and I'm, I'm pretty damn sure I'm going to get the Sport S. Okay. Uh, power locks, uh, power windows, which I don't really care that much about, but that, that will be nice. You will. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> well, it's, be, yeah, it's nice to be able it. to roll the window down on the other side like I can do with my XJ. Yes. And, and let the air in without having to you know reach over there at 70 miles an hour laying across yes. the seat. 
Yeah, it's um, a little difficult with the steering wheel with that. Yeah, and, and the Sport S comes with the, the window tent package that I was adding to the Sport. Mm. Uh, and, of course, uh, I think the, the Max tow package is going to allow me to tow 7,600 pounds of payload. Wow. Uh, so it's, uh, it's going to be really, it should be really easy, uh, towing my, uh, XJ around and I'm oh, yeah. really looking forward to, uh, you know, styling not only on road in the gladiator, but off road in my XJ. Yep. You're here. You got best of both worlds. Yep. I think so. So uh, I'm not going to like having payments. I haven't had payments, uh, a vehicle payment in 20 years, a good 18 at least. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, sometimes you got to do that, I, and I'm tired of just sitting at home. I've I've done so much work to my XJ. I, I really, it's so much fun getting it yeah. off road, and and doing this is going to allow me to remove that con- that concern of is it going to overheat on the way home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it won't because it's not going to be on. Damn it, it's going to be yeah. being towed. So there we go. Perfect. From the mind of Nikki G. Okay, remember, I warned you. Oh, boy. Hey, this is Nikki G, and you heard of ducking Jeeps? Well, there's a new craze going around where you leave rats on a Jeep. Fake rats, not live ones. Inviting people to be a rat bastard by listening to the Jeep talk show for free. Which is the way God intended it to be. <laughs> but to join in all the fun, I'm going around... Putting rats on Jeeps. I don't know what to call it. And we can't call it ducking Jeeps because it's a rat. Can't call it ratting Jeeps. Similar to ducking, I think I'm going to call it fucking Jeeps. So let's go out and uh, fuck some Jeeps. Here's a nice LJ. I'll just put it on the windshield wiper here. Hey, young man, what are you doing with my Jeep? I'm just putting a... Ow! 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 Not the face, not the face. All right, okay, okay, the face, the face. Come on, man. Who, who walks around with a wolfle bat anyhow? Man, that didn't go well. Let's try this black XJ. I've got a tender spot for the XJs. Hey, get away from my Jeep. Oh, man. <laughs> Not the pepper spray again. My eyes. My beautiful <laughs> eyes. Well, third time's a charm, and I, I think I've learned my lesson. Instead of randomly fucking a Jeep, I'm going <laughs> to ask permission first. Here, here's a nice white JK. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you mind if I fuck your Jeep? Don't I have a restraining order against you for this type of behavior? I was, I was waiting for the dumbass <laughs> that, that she always does. <laughs> oh, man. You know, uh, that takes me back to a little bit of the Tony and Josh days. Uh, Tony and Josh show days. Uh, we, we had, a, we had a, a, a specific story about an individual who was doing just that. Oh, God. Uh, and was oh, no. caught repeating. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you, Nikki G. I, and it probably was from uh, Dusty L. Dunn, that sick and twisted bastard. <laughs> well, could be. Very well, could. See, <laughs> what do you guys know about using Jeeps as a mall crawler? Yeah, I'm looking to trade in my white cargo van. Thanks. Thanks for you Oh, those have the best candy. <laughs> yeah, but it makes your ass hurt. <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! 
Ordinarily, this segment of the show is dedicated to my best efforts in helping you help your Jeep. Today, I'm going to once again do my best efforts to help you help your Jeep, but I'm going to be calling out a very well-known auto parts supplier that has been around for a very long time while I do it. They have even sponsored several events that I have been involved with over the years, so I need to make sure that they don't have too much room to come after me. So with that said, I am now calling for a full and official boycott of JEGS. Now, usually my angst wouldn't bring me to such a rash decision, but I am sick and effing tired of companies saying that they can do one thing, but then it's up to you to figure out that they can't, because they sure the hell weren't going to take the chance that you would spend your money elsewhere by telling you what they are actually capable of doing, or not doing in this case. Jegs has been good to me in the past. I've ordered many things from them over the years with nary an issue. Over the last couple months, I've been doing extensive research and footwork into cam and lifter selection for my partial rebuild on my 99XJ. After finally making a decision as to which direction I was going to go, it was time to start filling carts. Yes, multiple. I, I had no less than a half a dozen tabs open in my browser, and each one had a different warehouse or part store up on it. I would pick the parts and add them to the cart, and then proceed to check out on each and every one to calculate shipping and get a total cost for comparison's sake. Now, having the same or similar parts selected in each and others quickly getting closed due to stock issues, it came down to just three suppliers. Now, after that, it was a matter of going with the one that would get my parts to me the soonest at the lowest price. Jegs came in at a good $20 less, including expedited shipping, than the next site. So, all other tabs were closed, and I finalized the checkout. The very next morning, I was greeted with a confirmation email stating that the order was processed and the tracking information would be available in 24 hours. Perfect. Just as I expected. Here is where my special brand of luck creeps up and ruins things like a greasy bad fart in the shower. <laughs> Four days goes by with Reason. nothing more than a promotion. <laughs> Four days goes by with nothing more than promotional emails from Jegs trying to sell me this or that or get in on this sale while I can. Still, <laughs> no tracking information. Four days later, I finally called. Granted, on their website, Jegs clearly states that, quote, Jegs, like other businesses, is not immune to the unique challenges offered by the global COVID-19 pandemic. During this time, your order may take longer to arrive due to shipper and supplier delays. Rest assured that our team is working as hard as possible to get you the products and services that you have come to expect in a timely manner. Jegs is open 24-7, and we are committed to offering the best customer service possible. Thank you so much for your loyalty to Jegs while we continue to strive to meet and exceed your expectations. Note that when I said clearly, I mean that you actually have to dig around for it, as it's not front and center on the main page like so many other online retailers have decided to do. Okay, fine, whatever. The information is at least there, right? Who cares about how buried it is, right? Well, at least they, sh at least they stated it, and it's buyer beware at this point. Sure, okay, right? Wrong. When a customer pays for and you accept the money to deliver parts within a specified period of time, giving an estimated delivery date, one would expect a company to adhere to their promises. Unfortunately, that's not how JEG's standards of ethics dictates their operations. Nope, you see, it wasn't until I called, sat on hold for 45 minutes until I was finally wow. connected before I was told that the expected delivery date for my cam was actually two months from now and not God. at all what I paid for. And there oh. was no expected delivery date for the lifters, nor was there any notice that they were back ordered or anything like that at all. Jegs will let you order anything that you can click on and afford to pay for. However, they leave it up to the supplier and in many cases, even the manufacturer to handle all the shipping details, all of oh. which you are kept in the dark about until you are left sitting there wondering just where the hell your parts are. They make it seem like they have a stock of said parts, but in all reality, they don't. 
Jegs may carry an inventory of spark plugs and air fresheners, but critical parts that a builder is relying on to arrive within a certain wow. time frame, nope, can't be bothered to provide truthful information up front that they don't have the product or can't get it in a timely manner. All because they would rather take your money now and let you worry about getting it back later. It's an unfortunate reality that they hide to prevent you, the customer, from going to a competitor, which is exactly what I had to do. And guess wow. what? The parts are already on their way. Thank you, Summit Racing. I will say this about JEGS, though. Despite not having enough uh, call center personnel to answer calls in a timely fashion, they do have a decent customer service department. The person on the other end was friendly, understanding, and helpful. Probably because they do this all goddamn day long, refunding people's money after they bought parts that Jake's didn't have or couldn't get. They explain the refund process in detail, exactly how long it would take, what to expect, and what they were going to do on their end to make it all happen. It was refreshing to get that kind of level of honesty and empathy and completely unexpected when compared to the purchasing side of the whole fiasco. So here is the one piece of advice that I can give you after all of this. If you are in a position where buying a part from a local part store isn't an option because of practicality, price, or selection, and you need to order something online, if it is a critical part and its arrival coincides with other aspects of the build, do yourself and your Jeep a favor and call the company to make your order or at least get a real-time status on your part's availability. Yes, this will delay your instant gratification. Yes, this means that you have to spend time that you would rather be doing using to do, well, likely anything else. Yes, this means you will have to be awake during normal business hours. And yes, this means that you will most certainly have to get out of your bubble and engage with another human being. Oh, but God. It will be worth it in the long run. So, for now, my business, and I hope yours too after hearing this, will be going to any other company but Jegs. Cannot believe their their customer service like that. I mean, just the part side of it. That's a, that's a horrible way to run your business. Yeah. Now, Josh, no, it's this, horrible. This isn't the first time this has happened to you. Not necessarily with Jegs, but the, this similar things have happened to you just like this. Are you sure it's not just you? <laughs> is there something wrong with you personally? I, I was actually having I was actually having a discussion uh, kind of on this topic uh, earlier today. I was like, I, I must have this like seven year itch type of thing going on or something because it's it's, it's, it's a, about every it's more of years. a pond far. It's a, it's a it's, Vulcan it's, palm far because I, I was thinking more like a you're cloud, getting like a little gray cloud hanging over or something. <laughs> Midas touch. Let me tell you. Yeah, it, it's it's, it's I, minus, I, yeah. twenty yeah twenty twenty one is is rearing its head like a. I don't know. Something that it has a lot of bad sucks. luck to it. <laughs> yeah. It's a cobra that's rearing its head. So, um, this is a side note. You, you, you went with uh, Summit. Uh, you know that I recently was buying some amateur radio gear and antennas and stuff. I've shared the pictures oh, yeah. pictures with right. you. Uh, and if you guys are curious about it, and I understand if you're not, it's, it's ham radio after all. Everybody makes fun of it, uh, even the Simpsons. Uh, you can just do a search on YouTube for WB5ZDD. Uh, Willie Baker number five, Zulu Delta Delta, and uh, go and look at some of the videos. Anyway, I was ordering some antennas and things from DX Engineering. It's a, a very well-known, respected uh, amateur radio and other radio services, coax and other kind of things. Even CBers could use this. Um, DX Engineering is Summit Engine is is Summit Racing. They're they're both yeah. the same company or owned by the same group. Oh my! It, it, it How was, did you? Discover this. When I, mean, I got an email from them, they they had Summit Racing uh, on the email down at the bottom somewhere. It's uh, just one of the co companies that they're all part of. So not only can you get stuff for your Jeep, 
uh, RV vehicle or whatever in performance things, you can get the same, you can get stuff for your uh, ham radio addiction. So, I mean, they're hmm. covered, you know, if they were selling meth, they would have it cornered, but they'd have ham radio, they'd have the Jeeps and, and uh, the drugs. So it's just a good idea, I think. Right. <laughs> so th- this is yeah, one of the so things I- that I always talk about Amazon. I know folks hate Amazon because they've taken away business where so many mom and pops shut things down. But my point is, if people would do the service, the customer service and the products and getting that, that shit out the door to your hot little hands like Amazon does, then Amazon wouldn't be doing the business that they're doing. This is that their customer service is so important. You can just mildly bitch about something. It's a refund. They'll take care of it right at wide right. They'll send you another one for free. Uh, in your mileage may vary. This has just been my experience. I don't bitch that often, but when I do, it's because something's screwed up. So you can hate Amazon if you want to, and you can not use Amazon if you want to, but hold the, 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 the group, the company that you're dealing with to the same standard as what Amazon has represented that can be done if a company tries, if they really care about it. This just sounds like a way to get money in, uh, get a cash flow in, Jegs, from what you're talking about, Josh, getting getting mm-hmm. money in and holding on to it for a few days or a week uh, or longer if you don't know that you, your stuff isn't coming for two months. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to accept that. Uh, th- that's just one of those things where, I mean, it's just unacceptable. Two months after I even paid for expedited shipping, they oh accepted it. Oh, my God. It. So I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean I was I was given you know uh, you know your parts were, are going to arrive between this date and this date. Okay, perfect. That that works for me. I'm paying the extra money for that. That's what I want. Do that. You took my money. Why can't you do that? Oh, because that's not how you operate. You don't actually have stock of the things that you sell. You're just a well, you, you don't understand. Third party, we don't have party. the stuff here. We have to. It's not our fault. It's our our provider. They just didn't have it available. So it's it. Don't hate us. Hate them. No, yeah. you're you're the people that I'm buying it from. You're the people that I had they gave the money to. I don't blame you. I'd be really pissed too. Yeah, not not too happy about it. Now I, I will say to address your your uh, your Amazon point. Um, I don't know if it's just something that's going on right now uh, with supply chains or, or something like that, but I, I had a hell of a time uh, finding companies who actually have this stuff in stock. Now, Amazon doesn't have a lot of, I would guess, you know, a big selection on internal engine parts like that. Uh, if it's a bolt-on accessory, sure, you're going to have 30 different uh, options at your disposal. Unfortunately, Amazon doesn't didn't have any 242 cams, certainly no, no cam and lifter kits uh, that come as, as one big thing. Now, I nobody seems to have that right now. Not even rockauto.com uh, has oh, any sort of cam and, and lifter options. Uh, and, and so I, you know, I, I went there for it. That was one of my first options. Rock Auto has done me very well over the years and I wanted to do business with them again uh, because they really do a good a good job about breaking mm-hmm. things down. I spoke with competition cams. I actually called up comp cams and had a very lengthy discussion with one of their tech, uh, one of their uh, technicians for uh, about this topic um, and exactly what I wanted, what I was trying to get uh, and where to go and all that sort of thing. And, and it really helped me make my decision as to the direction I wanted to go because I was going a different direction initially. Uh, and after a you know a call with somebody who knew more about what you know knew more about this than I did, uh, it was able I was able to sort of adjust 
my direction as to where I was going to go to a little bit more uh, of something that would, would work for me uh, and what I'm doing and stuff. So uh, that being said, Competition Camps is a great company. I, I wish that I could have done business with them. It was just going to cost way too much money uh, for me to do that. However, uh, I will be keeping them in mind in the future uh, if and when I finally do a stroker build. They're going to be the ones who uh, who are putting the cam in, so or so, that will supply the cam. So I found a uh, now this uh, Amazon says this is not for my 1998 Jeep Cherokee, but uh, yeah, because it's not 242. Reading the uh, the detail, it says uh, that it is. Well, you have a your yours. This is a four four point right? Four liter, which is a 242 cubic inch engine. No, that's fine. But it says uh, it fits a 64 through 98 AMC. 199 through 258 4.0 liter. Uh, 242 yeah, would be no, in there. That, that's, uh, well, <laughs> one part is not going to cover that year range and that uh, that range of, of, of displacement. Okay, well, that's the, well, that's why I was asking sorry. because that, it, that's it, it what the thing work. says. Anyway, comp cams, yeah, no, that's, that, comp cams 68-232-4, extreme 4x4, 206-212 hydraulic uh, cam, uh, for $151.99. That's all fine and dandy. Uh, if you put that cam into your Jeep engine, you will not be able to run it. You will have to uh, take that computer out and have it reflash in order for that engine to run properly. Well, that's fine. I'm just I'm just going by what's what, what it says on there, the, what, it, what it fits. Yeah. So, But yeah. anyway, they do have one, and I don't know that it's just because they say it doesn't work doesn't mean it, it doesn't. They just could have that information wrong. But uh, I, I there is one on there. So actually, they've got a hydraulic, a, a uh, timing chain, gear, and lifters, and cam kit. But anyway, so I'm not saying you have to go to Amazon. I just like it because I have I've learned in the long run that it's just so much less trouble. I can I can usually go there and find it. Uh, or it's more trouble. If I, you end up getting the it, wrong thing, you're going to have to go through the entire process of returning all of that stuff. Uh, oftentimes, uh, that would be at your cost. Not theirs. Mm, it never has been for me. That's what I'm talking about. The customer well, I mean, service. If it's, side. if it's an issue that they that I mean, if you ordered it, um, you know, and it was, you know, yes, I, you know, I'm ordering this with the impression that this is going to be fitting my vehicle, uh, and then it, you know, it doesn't. Well, that's. You well, know, I, you understand you, I understand what you understand what you said, but I would they, I would point out to them where it says fit 64 through 98 AMC 1999 through 258 slash 4.0 liter, and then I would say, and then I would say. That's that, what no. it says. Why didn't it work? You know, and then they would say, "We're very sorry, sir. Would you like a replacement?" Or uh, and see, that's refund? way more trouble than it would be worth. <laughs> that, that's fine. I mean, that's you, why you need to step it's not, outside your bubble it's and not actually good. talk with a human being. And <laughs> it's not. It's not a, a solution for you, but it may be solution for other people, and has been a solution for me. And that's what I was saying earlier. Is that. Uh, Amazon gets it right, and whenever it doesn't, they don't get it right, or even when you don't get it right, they take care of it for you. So, uh, you know, you should do what you think's best for you. Or your Jeep. My Jeep and me are one. I am one with my Jeep. And, th- and it's not like what Nikki Jeep was talking about either. That's just nasty. <laughs> you motherfucker. Y'all really had me going for a minute. I was about to be like, no way, you son of a bitches aren't going to sit there and talk about your fucking Walking Dead show for fucking five minutes or ten minutes or however the fuck long it was going to be. That shit was absolutely hilarious. Y'all really had me going there for a minute. I was about to throw my phone out the fucking window and just start listening to fucking TMZ.com or whatever so I could get in on the damn Walking Dead shit. 
Damn, you guys are funny. You know, the good work, guys. Later. Denver D1, by the way. <laughs> this is Denver D1 again. I just can't get over that shit. Don't have me going. Guys, I'm thinking there's no way you put that much work into a damn intro and shit. Just to fuck with me a little bit. But you guys had me rolling over when she finally gave it up. I was going to tell y'all last week, sorry I didn't call in. I wasn't feeling real good last week. But y'all sounded like a couple of bitches that were standing in line at the damn Twilight Midnight premiere waiting for your fucking tickets with eyeliner running down your face because Edward looked at you that way. Let's not get into Twilight or Vamps or fucking Walking Dead or Talking Dead. That was the funniest part. It's a Jeep podcast, fellas. Later. That was so fun. Uh, yeah. We actually, so we had a caller, had a listener uh, call in and say, would you guys quit talking about uh, The Walking Dead on, on the, you know, the XJ talk show at that time? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so we came up with the idea of actually doing an intro just for The Walking Dead so that this listener would think that we right. the whole episode was going to be about The Walking Dead. And he was freaking the F out. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the type things that you guys can find on the past episodes and you never know what kind of crap you're going to find. And some of it may be funny. <laughs> that certainly was from around the world or from your city and sometimes just down the street. Howdy neighbor. It's the Jeep talk show interview. Alrighty ho, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and tonight we're going to be talking with Peter Korn, and I'm sure you've heard the jokes about cracking corn and everything else. Oh, all of them. All of them. <laughs> and that's your, got them all. That's not your, your, what do they call it, the pen the plure, or whatever it's called, the, your name for writing? It's uh, That's your actual name? No, sir. Yeah, that's the old government name. That's one all, the only one I've ever had. Pete is an automotive, automotive journalist, songwriter, podcaster, and other self-indulgent activities enthusiast. <laughs> like, I like that. You must write for a living. He is uh, yeah. from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, but has been living in New York City for eight years and still uh, yet to find anywhere to go mudden in Manhattan. <laughs> but he believes there's a spot someplace. There's got to be. They have to have some construction going on over there that you could, that you get, get off into. That's what I'm saying that, you know, they talk about New York's got everything. I just, I haven't been mudding here yet, so I'm working on it. Yeah, that accent uh, doesn't really go with uh, with New York. Uh, I got a, one of my co-hosts, uh, Josh, <laughs> that's been with me for a long time. He says, you're a native Texan. I said, yeah. He goes, I, I don't hear much of an accent. And I said, I've worked really hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yep. I, I don't mind the Texas accent. I can do it. You know, if I, it's, it's like if you're talking to a fellow Texan and they look at you funny, you just start talking slower and you just draw things out and you just talk to them. And I, I don't know if you have that's to do it. that in New York. Now, anytime anybody mentions New York, since I'm a big foodie, I have to ask, how about the pizza? I've never been to New York. I think the only reason why I would go to New York is to try the pizza. Are you a pizza fan or the, are the pizzas notably different in New York? Yeah, man. They, they, I, I, you know, I, I, I love pizza, uh, but I, I love Domino's the same way that I love, fan, you know, fancy New York pizza or whatever. Uh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, I like it all. But yeah, I mean, New York, New York makes some great pizza, but you know, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm not the type that, uh, sorry, my thing keeps muting. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I'm not the type that, uh, you know, that. I don't know. I'm not too particular about it. You're not this a pizza is snob, is the is the thing. Uh, it sounds like what you're trying to work work there towards. I I love That's pizza. Right. I don't care uh, what it is. I just want to t- taste some really good pizza. Now, how did you get from uh, 
uh, from <laughs> the deep south to the 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 deep northeast? Pretty good question. Um, yeah, so uh, about coming up on eight years ago, um, my wife is an artist, um, and I'm you know a songwriter and musician and and regular writer. And uh, my wife got into grad school up here, and uh, you know it was we we were we were between Chicago and Savannah and here, and uh, and we you know we kind of just figured we were like, well, if we're gonna leave Alabama, we might as well go all the way, you know. Do, do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not much of a. I'm not really much of a city person. Mean, I guess I've become a city person after all this time. But um, you know, the first like man, the first two or three years, I, I I genuinely hated it. Really, really hated it. All I wanted to do was go home to Alabama and do all that. But uh, over the years, it's really grown on me, and it's you know, I don't think I'm saying anything nobody's ever heard before. But New York's a, a pretty incredible city. Uh, but it's a tough one, so it just kind of takes some time. Uh, but we're we're pretty pretty happy to be here you know well i've been watching a lot of blue bloods with uh, with the wife so i get the feeling i know new york pretty well <laughs> there you go that's it's the same thing <laughs> and nothing different it's beautiful they have some beautiful aerial shots of the whole city uh although i'm, I'm sure it looks a lot better from uh, from high above than it does in some places very close down to the uh, to the ground so that's really interesting yeah. i had no idea that you were in new york i probably could have read it someplace but uh i didn't mm-hmm. know so that's that's interesting does that uh now you don't currently own a jeep is that correct that's correct yeah yeah the um at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, when we moved to New York, uh, you know, we were like, you know, we, we have friends up here and, uh, they told us not to bring a car. So we didn't. And I had a 2000 Jeep Wrangler at the time. Um, and so my, my parents live in Banner Elk, North Carolina, which is a little bitty town in Western North Carolina up in the mountains. They get a lot of snow. They didn't have a four wheel drive vehicle. So I, I just said, well, why don't y'all just keep my Jeep because I don't want to sell it. You know, I want to keep it forever. And, um, so I just gave it to my folks and, but for the past eight years or so, um, you know, it's been sitting in the mountains and pretty much only being been driven in the snow. Um, and as you know, uh, you know, doing eight years almost only in the snow, uh, that, that tends to uh, tends to work little holes in the bottom of your Jeep yeah. over time. And uh, so, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, we went, we went down to North Carolina to get out of the city and. Uh, and me and my wife were both like, you know, if we we're ever going to bring a car back to New York, now's the time, you know, the subways are, are not the, the safest option. Right. Um, and so, you know, we're going to, we, we also go upstate a lot and do a lot of camping and hiking and stuff like that. And, um, so we were like, you know, we'll, we'll I'm going to fix the Jeep up, um, and, uh, we'll bring it back to New York with us. And so I got, I got a few days into it and, uh, you know, after banging about, uh, who knows how many pounds of rust off of the bottom. Uh, you know, I started finding little holes here and there and I'm, I'm no mechanic. I, I like to pretend to be one sometimes, but I'm really, I'm really not. And so I was like, you know, I've got a, probably about $1,500 worth of parts to order and I should probably, this looks pretty bad. So I took it to some good old boys at the shop and just had them take a look before I ordered any parts. And, and dude was, uh, his quote was, he was like, man, I'm not even going to put this on the lift because I'm afraid it's going to break in half. Oh my goodness. And, which shock. was a, I mean, it was real. It was, a, it was a shock. Well, I mean, it's I like was, losing was, a family was, member. Yeah, I mean, I, I owned it uh, since my freshman year of college, and so I, I had it almost eleven years. Um, and I, I mean, I loved it, I, and and I gave that Jeep hell. I'm talking about. I mean, I, I really gave it hell, and it it never. I mean, I changed the battery once. I changed the starter once, and I changed the oil, and that's all I ever had to do to it. Uh, it was a really great truck, and so. 
getting rid of it really sucked, but we, you know, we needed something reliable and we needed something that we could, uh, you know, especially given the time, you know, we didn't know what was going on. So we, we needed something that we knew we could, you know, bug out of town if we had to do that sort of thing. And, uh, and the Jeep just wasn't it anymore. So right. I, uh, ended up selling it to this guy in North Carolina, uh, I, I very begrudgingly, but he told me, he looked at it and I was like, look, man, it's, it's rusty. You know, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. It looks fine, but it's, it's rusty. And he was like, dude, he was like, I'm not worried about that. And he goes, when this Jeep dies, it's going to die upside down in the woods somewhere. And I was like, <laughs> perfect. You're the guy you're it. Uh, so, so not, not anymore. I don't own one, but I, 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 I certainly intend to have another one at some point. Well, you know, uh, you can always come down to Southeast Texas and as long as it's lived here its entire life, you'll get one that is rust free. And I'm talking oh, about. I from, believe that. I'm. Be, I mean, talking even the 1997 uh, on back. You know, as long as it's mm-hmm. been here, it's rust free. My uh, my youngest daughter has a 2001. It's in fine shape. Uh, we just got a a 2005 for my daughter maybe a year two years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, my wife has a 2003. So uh, lots of TJs uh, in in the yeah. family. So, and this, this, and I suspect that the the article that you wrote, uh, the perfect Jeep Wrangler is twenty years old, has a lot to do uh, uh, about uh, you owning one. Uh, now that you've told me about the, the the Jeep that you had, and by the way, that's yeah. on that's on Motor Biscuit. So you guys can go to MotorBiscuit.com and just uh, find the uh, the stories. And there's many stories there, Jeep uh, included, uh, Jeep stories and some other vehicle uh, as well that Peter Korn has written. But uh, this one, again, is the perfect Jeep Wrangler is 20 years old. And I tell you what, that just really spoke to me because, um, you know, the JKs are fine. The JKUs are fine. But uh, having ridden in one once, it was more like riding in a car than it was a Jeep. Yeah. And that that bothered me. Uh, and, and, I don't, and I don't mean any offense to anybody that loves their JK, especially if it was their first Jeep. I certainly understand that's your, your first entry into Jeep. You're going to love it. No problem. Mm-hmm. But to me, the TJ has always been the the real Wrangler to me. Maybe the CJs too, because that's that's actually when I got interested on, in in them. But uh, the TJs, when the TJs came out, is really whenever I got into the part of actually getting a Jeep. I uh, wound up getting an XJ at the time, but I was uh, test driving yeah. a, a a 1998 uh, TJ, and uh, but we got the uh, the four door XJ for uh, for the family that we had, so we needed the four doors at the time. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Uh, you know, I was, I was definitely in the, uh, which, you know, I'm a little embarrassed about now. Uh, you know, when the, when the four door Wranglers came out, I was, I was definitely one of the grumpy Jeep guys, you know, I was like, that's, that's what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all long and that's going to throw off every, you know, I was grumpy about, you know, and, and not knowing what I, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know what I was talking about. I was just being an idiot. Oh, no. Um, we got to start somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, but you know, I, I wrote that article, um, you know, we, we, at Motor Biscuit, we, we put out a lot of content, um, but we have, we have pretty high standards. You know, our, 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 our editors really, um, expect a lot, uh, as far as, um, as far as, you know, authority, right. They don't, they don't want us talking about stuff we don't know too, too little about. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so in, in trying to cover car news every day and I do motorcycle stuff as well, um, you know, you, you kind of run out of stuff you want to talk about and stuff that you feel, uh, you know, uh, qualified to talk about. And not that I'm some Jeep expert because I'm not, I just owned one for a long time and loved it. Um, and I, you know, and I wrote that article because, you know, a really good buddy of mine, um, 
recently had a kid and always wanted a Jeep. And he was like, you know, I think I'm going to buy, you know, he's like, I think I want to buy an old Wrangler, you know, he's like, but I want a four door. And we, we just got to talking about it. And I think at some point in the conversation, you know, I was, I was trying to give him good advice on buying a new four door Wrangler. Um, and at some point in the conversation, you know, I think I said like, man, I just, I, I really, you know, I know it's not what you want to hear. Uh, but like, you know, I, I, I just think the perfect Jeep was 20 years old. Like, that's what I, I don't really know how else to say it to you. Uh, I really just think those TJs are the ones, you know, that old, that old, uh, inline six, four liter motor was, is just like, you know, I only had the experience I had with mine, but it was so good. I mean, it just was so good. It did everything I ever needed it to do. Uh, you know, I, I got it stuck one time and mine, you know, stock wheels, stock tires, stock suspension. Um, and I only got it stuck one time and that's cause I, I sunk it in the mud hole up to the doors. And so it wasn't the Jeep's fault, you know, right. um, yeah. pilot in command fault. <laughs> that's right. You know, I just, uh, I just, you know, bit off more than I could chew or more than my Jeep could chew at least. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, that article was just like, you know, I just, I got to thinking about it and I was like, man, this would be, you know, I, I do so much of the automotive news beat that like doing something a little more editorial and a little bit more, um, you know, a little more fun, um, was a really exciting idea. And, and, uh, you know, uh, my, the only, the, my first car that I ever owned was a 1958 Fairlane. And, uh, that's the only other car that I feel as passionately about as I do the TJs. Yeah, and I was like, I don't really know that there's any consumer advice to be had in uh, explaining to people why 58 Fairlane is cool. So I skipped over that and went straight to the Jeep. Yeah, the first uh, the first vehicle I ever drove uh, was my mom's baby powder blue uh, AMC Gremlin, and I never oh, yeah. I never talk about it. <laughs> oh, dude, I love AMC. I'm a, I'm a I'm a nerd, dude. I don't know why I like them. I've never owned one. I've never driven one. They, but they, I like all of them. They were kind of the they were kind of the Hot Wheels of the automotive world because they came up with some, <laughs> some strange yeah. shaped uh, vehicles, and that Gremlin certainly was uh, was very strange. So uh, th- th- you can tell in this article that there's some love for the uh, for the TJ here, and I'm I'm just quoting your uh, from the article: the beating heart that keeps the TJs and their drivers moving down the trail after 20 years is the AMC 4.0 liter straight six motor. It was a holdover, holdover from the YJ model and proves the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and then you go on yes, to sir. say that the uh, uh, the AMC, AMC 4, 4.0 uh, was the perfect motor for the Wrangler. Uh, that makes the YJ TJ special in the off-roading world uh, that is still the ideal wheelbase uh, being nimble off-road while still long enough to remain stable on the highway. And this is the part that I like the best. There were four-cylinder motors for the base models, but we don't need to talk about that. It is sad, mm-hmm. slow, and weak, and I choose not to recognize <laughs> that motor any further. <laughs> Man, that is yeah. so true. I don't. I would not even consider a used vehicle purchasing a used TJ or XJ that matter with that that poor piece of crap four-cylinder. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I I owe uh, that little nugget of perspective uh, to you know when I bought my Jeep. Um, I, uh, I, I went to just, there's this little bitty, little bitty car lot, you know, they maybe had 20 cars or something, um, used car lot in, um, in Birmingham where I'm from. And, uh, I went over there and, you know, I, I, I want, what I wanted was a Wagoneer. I, I, I wanted a, like a late eighties Wagoneer. And, uh, 
my pops, you know, because I'd had that 58 Fairlane and it was awesome and I loved driving it, but it was, you know, it was a 50-year-old car driven by uh, a high schooler. So I broke it all the time. That's all I ever did was break it. Yeah, of um, <laughs> And uh, so I was like, I want, you know, because I was raised on old cars. My, my pops was always building old MGs and stuff like that. So I liked old stuff. I had no interest in new cars, none. And, uh, and so I was like, I want a Wagoneer. And my dad was like, I'm not buying you a Wagoneer. It's not happening. And I was like, well, I sold my, well, it, well the way it worked was, he said, I'll buy you one car for your whole life. I'll buy you one. And then you do whatever you want from there. So I'd sold the Fairlane. So I was like, well, I've got the money. I'm going to go buy a Wagoneer. I went and test drove one and it was a nightmare. And, uh, and anyway, so I go to this car lot and, uh, I, I look at this Jeep, you know, this, uh, uh, there's two Wranglers. There's a green one, which is what I really wanted. Uh, and then there was this white one, which is the one that I ended up getting the Sahara 2000 model. And, um, and, uh, and I really liked the green one because, it, you know, it had a cool brush guard and it had extra lights and it had a lift and it was awesome. And I think it was, uh, it was also a TJ. I don't remember, remember much about it, but it was kind of dark green. It looked awesome. And, uh, that was all my like 18 year old self really cared about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, dude, I want this Jeep. And this guy, this guy goes, man, you do not want that. And I was like, uh, what? Yeah, dude. He's like, you really don't. I promise. I mean, it was beautiful. It's real clean and nice looking. I was like, what's going on here? What, you know, you're not going to trick me. You know, what are you, what are you talking about? And he was like, he was like, dude, it's got the four cylinder. You don't oh, want that. Oh, God like, bless him. <laughs> bless him. Yep. He was like, you don't want it. He was like, you want this white one. I was like, I don't want a white Jeep. That's, that's the clueless car. Mm. Uh, you know, like, I don't want that. I want the, I want the green one. Yep. And he was like, you really don't. He was like this one, this white Sahara. Uh, he was like, you know, it had 76,000 miles on the, on the clock. And he was like, I bought it from an old couple. They only ever towed it, uh, down to the beach and then drove it at the beach and then towed it back home. He was like, you know, I, I can't prove that to you. Like it says 76,000 miles on the, on the tack. I can't prove that. But, uh, you know, he's like, just look at it. And we went and looked through it and it was brand, I mean, brand new, like beautiful, beautiful. And it had the straight six. And he was like, this is the motor you want. He was like, I don't care if you buy a car from me or from somebody else. Just don't buy a four-cylinder Wrangler. You're going to regret it. Um, and so, you know, we went back and forth and back and forth. Ended up buying that, that white one, thankfully. And I, I've, I've driven a couple of four-cylinders since then. And, and they are abysmal. <laughs> uh, they're just, they take, it just takes all the joy out of driving a Wrangler. Yeah. Because uh, there's, there's none of that low end. You know, you don't get any of that grunt. Um, and so, and, and from what I understand, so, it really doesn't get improve MPGs because the four cylinders having to struggle so much to move that uh, frame, uh, uh, body yeah. on frame vehicle around. It's uh, it it doesn't doesn't ha doesn't help you. Now I have heard with the right gears in the uh, diffs, uh, four cylinder off road is perfectly fine. Uh, but but then again, it's not going very fast, and all the you know the gears are doing all yeah. the work. So uh, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll 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 give them that because if you're using it for an off road vehicle, four cylinder may be okay. Now if it's a four cylinder diesel, certainly it'll be okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, you know, at that time, you know, I was I was also you know my my then girlfriend now wife um, was going to another school about an hour away, so like I, I knew you know, highway driving was, uh, was on the menu, you know? So sure. I was like, well, I'm not going to be sitting here pinging this four cylinder out all day. I don't want to do that. Uh, and I'm, I am thankful, uh, that I never did because that, that old ugly white Jeep was, uh, I think that dude was, I think that was that used car salesman was, uh, wasn't throwing me a line. I think he was, 
a hundred percent right. I mean, that thing, like I said, never gave me an inch of trouble, none well, whatsoever. I, I don't uh, know when, what year that was that, and what your vehicle, if you said, but uh, 76,000 miles isn't very many miles, especially for a 4.0. So yeah, uh, that's well, uh, and I think I think it I think it realistically probably had closer to like actual engine miles. I, I mean, it couldn't have been more than twenty because um, it was just it was perfect. Uh, well, everything right. on they it were was dragging perfect. it around behind a trailer or something, weren't they? A motorhome or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it it had you know it had kind of salty deposits on the engine. It had uh, a tow bar on front, and you know, I mean, it was it all added up. Um, so, anyways. Uh, that's good. I'm glad that you got a good one. I, I'm the same way about white. White to me is unimaginative. Uh, I don't yep. fault anybody if they like the white color. I got a friend of mine that every damn vehicle he buys is white. And I just give him a hard yeah. time about every one of them. But that's fine. It, it, it's up to the individual. I like bright colors, and whereas white is bright, it just doesn't have enough imagination for me. Now, on yeah, the, on, on Motor Biscuit, you actually write about other vehicles besides Jeeps. I mean, I see a couple of stories here about uh, Toyotas and, uh, oh, yeah. uh, oh, we have to touch on this one. I mentioned this to you before we started. Uh, you wrote an article about uh, the, the, the electric Jeep Wrangler that is either out mm-hmm. or coming out and how to pronounce it. I think we've we've actually gone over this or, or had some, uh, some, some voicemails about it. Tell me about pronouncing the 4XE, how you, how you actually pronounce that. So the, uh, the official word, which I didn't know before I wrote the article, you know, I, I was kind of looking around and, uh, and I, someone, I don't know, I don't know, I guess someone else probably had, had touched on it or, or something. And I just remember being like, oh, that's interesting. I don't think I ever even thought about how to pronounce that. Um, you know, so like, you know, for listeners, you know, it says it's, you know, on the badge, it says four X, the letter X and then the letter E, right. I think a lot of people are calling it 4XE, um, but uh, you know what Jeep wants wants you to call it is 4 by E, uh, <laughs> which makes perfect sense because yeah. you know they, yeah. they're yeah, they're playing does. on four by four. We don't say 4X4, do we? <laughs> no. Well, I guess some do. You know? If they're not in the club well, yet, they don't understand. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, four four by E, which I think is a pretty a, a pretty terrible name. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> all, all things considered. Uh, it's not a very attractive model, but uh, it does it does logic out. You know, it makes sense. Sure, no, it's consistent, and I love consistency. Yeah, yeah. So, that's right. So that makes perfect sense, and I think maybe I've heard that before. I just blocked it. I just didn't care for it. And I blocked it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I still call it four XE. Like in my head, yeah. if I write it, I'm I'm saying four XE because uh, four by E is is strange, but that's what they want you to call it, I guess. So now, when we were con- uh, conversing back and forth about getting uh, th- this interview set up, you mentioned you have a podcast. Would, would, do you mind talking about that a little bit? What the the name of the podcast is? Maybe we oh, got sure. we got people out there, you know, listen to the podcast. They might want to listen to yours too. Yeah, sure. Uh, me and me and a good buddy of mine uh, from Alabama, a guy named Coulter Longshore, um, and uh, we we used to have another pal on the show uh, named Howell John. Um, we basically, uh, you know, it's, it's two guys from Alabama and our buddy Howells from Wales. Um, and uh, we, our, our show is not nearly as organized as this one. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's basically, it, it, the idea is um, taking the kind of Southern culture uh, or, you know, cultural element of right. sitting on the front porch and just kind of chatting. Um, it's, it's that idea, but the New York City version. So the show is called The Fire Escape. Uh, which is, you know, kind of the New York City version of the porch. Um, uh, at least it is for me. Yeah. 
and uh so we've had man it's it's it really is just you know we're we're all three of us are are pretty uh i don't know maybe the best the, the nicest word for it is easily distracted uh we just we have a lot of <laughs> a lot of interests um, yeah and you know we're we're all musicians and writers and you know we, we do lots of stuff and uh so we talk to it's a it's a partly an interview show and partly um we'll we'll do just us you know just the hosts um we've been lucky enough to talk to lots of really really interesting folks you know we've had for the car folks we had magnus walker uh and hannah hannah elliott on recently which was a lot of fun and you know we've had uh famous comedians and we've had uh you know people who are part of historical societies and we've had physicists there's no rhyme or reason it's just people that we think are interesting who might uh want to talk to us about the interesting things that they do yeah that's really cool Uh, and i would imagine that is being in new york does that help you get these guests oh yeah for sure i mean there you know there's right or wrong you know i think uh I think that's part of the reason, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly new at Motor Biscuit, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, really stoked to be a part of that team. And I, uh, you know, I think, you know, there's, uh, people have this idea of like, of a writer living in New York City. Um, and I, I, I don't subscribe to this idea, but I'm definitely happy to uh, take advantage of it <laughs> uh, sure. to get a job and things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's just a there's kind of a romantic thing. There's like something baked into the culture about like, oh, you're a writer in New York City, and so people assume things about me that aren't true. Um, that I'm some sort of something more important than I am. Uh, <laughs> and you know, once they get on our show, they're like, oh, this is the writer from New York City. I'm like, yeah, it's me, buddy. <laughs> you're too late uh, now. You're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, so yeah, we we have a really good time on the show, and uh, you know, we we just we just like to chat. We like to talk. So, uh, man bun or not? Me? Do yeah. I have one? Yeah, I'm I'm rocking a half one right now. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> well, see, you're I, on your I, way. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I I grow my hair out for about three years at a time, then I chop it all off, and I start it all over again. So. Once it's long enough to put in a bun, you better believe I'm putting it up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that'll help you get guests in New York. That's great. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, uh, so what, what what made you start the, the Jeep podcast? Well, That's we, what I want to know. I started, uh, what, you remember forums, right? Jeep forums? Sure. Uh, sure. So uh, I actually started, uh, I, w- I, was doing in the, I was doing the Jeep forums and answering questions and just enjoying the whole thing. And I didn't care for how people uh, were, the newbies coming in were asking questions. And, it, and the moderators and administrators on top of the members would all gang up on these people and tell them how mm-hmm. stupid they were and you need to search and so on and so forth. And uh, since I worked in IT, I, I said, screw this. I'll start my own uh, forum and I'll fix it where people can ask those questions and people are going to be respectful to one another. And if they're not, yeah. we will edit their posts, apologize to them for editing it. But through, uh, uh, through example, we're going to show how you help people online. So I started a, a, a site about <coughs> Jeep Cherokees called xjtalk.com. And uh, then uh, a few years after that was going, uh, I kind of liked the whole podcasting idea. And I went, well, you know, maybe a podcast will help drive people to the, to the website. And it's an advertisement type thing. It'd be fun yeah. to play around with. So I, I started doing a podcast. And then uh, one of the uh, the members of xjtalk.com uh, joined me, Josh. And gosh, that was about uh, eight, nine years ago. 
Uh, and uh, we've been doing a weekly podcast uh, since. I was going to ask you about your podcast. Is it a weekly, a monthly, or this comes out whenever? Uh, how often would people be able to get new episodes? Normally weekly. Um, you know, we've uh, the 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 pandemic times uh, has has kind of um, oh, you know, sure. because so much of our you know it's it, but normally weekly. That's that's the short answer. And, and where people where can people find that? Oh, we're on all the things, you know, Spotify and Stitcher, and uh, yeah, we have a website you can you can visit. Um, I think it's we're just firescapepod.com. Um, we've also uh, some friends of ours just started a, a, a publication online called the Colloquial. Um, I can't even spell that. And <laughs> yeah, I, I I hardly can't myself. The the fun thing, the reason we named it that was. Uh, it's very in line with, with our, our podcast, the Firescape. Uh, the idea is, is essentially it's a really fancy word for uh, non-fancy language, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> fancy well, word for slang. So, like, uh, we, you know, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff. We're, we're talking about things that we are passionate about a lot. Uh, you know, like, you know, something. Uh, so, to, to kind of get back to what you were saying about why you started yours, that's exactly why we started uh, – the fire escape, the colloquial, and that's why I wanted to become an automotive journalist um, is because, you know, I, I've, I love cars and motorcycles and trucks and all those things, but, you know, I wasn't raised with any money or anything like that. I wasn't raised around people. You know, my dad built cars, but he built, he kind of made it up as he went because uh, sure. he's a smart dude. And, uh, you know, I, I, I ran into that as I think probably a lot of car people have. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty used to that idea of like, you know, going into the going into the mechanic shop and, and being talked down to or being, you know, someone uh, talking to you and trying to trick you or whatever. Um, you know, in the car world, you know, the, the the more the deeper into it you get, the worse it gets. Um, there's so many people, you know, these gatekeepers that want to I want to keep, you know, genuine, interested people who just don't know and they want to know. Uh, you know, they, they don't want to talk to those people. They don't want to hear from those people. And, uh, and that just kind of was deeply upsetting to me um, and aggravating. And uh, that's, that's why I became an automotive journalist is I, I wanted to know that there was, you know, and, there, and I, you know, I'm not, it's not some grand thing. There's a lot of great journalists out there who, uh, who speak plainly and directly and, and answer questions for people. You know, there's, there's plenty of that out there, but I, I wanted to throw my hat into that ring as just to be somebody else out there who, you know, if you don't know what stick shift means, uh, okay, I'll tell you what stick shift means. You know, like if, if you don't know the difference between an inline motor and a, a V-shaped motor, well, I, I, you know, I'll tell you as much as I know about those things. Um, so to hear that that's, well, you know, how you got into all this is, is very cool. Uh, I think I think we need a lot more people like you. Well, thank you. Um, in, in the car world, you my, know. My wife would disagree with that. Uh, but I look at it this way. <laughs> yeah, mine, mine, might. mine might too. <laughs> I look at it this way. There are six, I think this is right, six billion people on the planet. And if I could get 1% of, those, of that population listening to the Jeep Talk Show, that would be a wildly successful podcast by any measure. So you oh, yeah. don't have to impress or interest everybody. You just have to find your audience. And if you don't ever try, if you don't actually go out and try to find your audience, you'll never know what you may have missed out on. So 
don't don't do that don't do that stuff about and this is this the 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 audience mainly don't do that stuff about who am i what i know there's a lot of people the smarter than i all those things are true but none of them are you and you have a unique perspective uh than any from anybody else just like peter has a a unique perspective and writes these great stories for motor biscuit and my gosh i can't believe you haven't been there very long you're very a very prolific writer yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're working hard over there. Um, that's that's for sure. I mean, I write four articles a day, four oh articles goodness. every day. Oh my goodness! Um, so you know, I'll wake up at around six thirty, seven in the morning, and uh, you know, kind of cruise the internet for a while and and see you know who the the, the folks out there that I like a lot, um, kind of see what they're see what they're covering, see what the news is, um, see if there's any funky weird stuff for sale on Bring a Trailer or something like that, and just kind of get my get my things going and i write till about five in the afternoon every day you know it's a lot of work but it's uh you know some some days suck you know some days i don't feel like writing about cars um (laughs) but most most days don't you know and uh and if i can keep that uh that ratio going then i think it's a pretty pretty decent job and i get to drive stuff you know there's like i've gotten to drive cars that i would never in a million years would have ever even dreamed i would be able to drive Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and getting to learn from a lot of really great drivers and gotten to learn from, you know, just infinite numbers of people who know so, so much more than me, but are, you know, we're willing to be, uh, willing to be cool and, you know, teach me how to, how to drive, you know, supercars and these crazy things. Uh, so all, you know, all things considered, it's pretty, it's pretty fun and I'm learning a lot. I don't care. A whole lot. I don't care who you are, how long you've been alive. If you can't learn something new, you're either lying to yourself or you're not paying attention because there is there is so much out there to learn, so many interesting things, and uh, you're you're lucky to be able to do that in your profession. So, uh, Peter, as we like to do, because you know the kids love their social media these days. I say, kids, you you, I think you're one of those kids. Uh, can you tell I folks? Be, I could be a kid. Could you could you tell the folks <laughs> uh, if if you're on the social media where they can find you or or you Motor Biscuit, uh, your podcast, yeah. any of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do. Uh I'm like a light social media or, you know, like uh, I, I use it, uh, but not a ton. So I, I do uh, Instagram. That's the only one of them that I'm on. Um, and you can find me on that. Uh, and my, my handle is buttermilk underscore Pete. Okay. And I'm not messing with you. That is it. Do, uh, do you drink buttermilk? I don't. Uh, I do make cornbread out of it from oh, time yeah. to time. That's uh, good stuff. No, I, <laughs> I, the real, real, very fast story. Um, I, one of my best buds and co-host of the fire escape, uh, Coulter Longshore in college, I said, uh, was like, guys from now on, you're all going to call me brass knuckles McGee. That's it. That's what you're calling me. <laughs> and without skipping a beat, Coulter goes, I'm gonna call you buttermilk. And I was like, that's ridiculous. And that's never going to stick. And, uh, there are people in New York city to this day who only know me as buttermilk. So it, it has stuck. And, uh, and that's that, um, you can find the fire escape on the, on the Instagram as well. Uh, we're at Firescape Pod, um, and uh, Lord have mercy. So Motor Biscuit, we uh, do not do Instagram at Motor Biscuit, but they are on Facebook, um, and of course the website MotorBiscuit.com. Um, we've got a, a pretty, or actually a super diverse team of writers um, from all over the country, men and women. Uh, so the 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 takes and the angles and the perspectives are wildly varied uh and it makes for a lot of really really rad content a lot of really good information whether you're like a hardcore 
deep enthusiast or you're, you know, 16 and you're about to get your driver's license, uh, I, I guarantee it, uh, that there are articles on there that will appeal to you. Um, because there's just a lot of it and our, our team's good, man. We got some good writers we got some really knowledgeable folks and, uh, I'm happy to hitch my cart to their wagon, you know? Sure. And, and you're, if you're 16, you just got your license and you're getting ready to buy you a TJ. Remember what we said here on the podcast, kids, you want the straight six, not the four yes, cylinder. <laughs> yep. And you get a five speed if you can, my God, absolutely. save them things. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, actually the, the 2005 that we got my daughter, it is a six-speed, and hey, I was really surprised that I was able to find one of those because they're pretty rare. Well, Pete, thank yeah. you so much for being with us. It was great talking to you. Again, you guys go check out MotorBiscuit.com. Look for the article by Pete. The perfect Jeep Wrangler is 20 years old. It is, uh, I think it was uh, published on September 30th, 2020, and I think that's about the time I started trying to get you on the show, Pete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I – uh... I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. I was buried. I was absolutely, that was oh, my here we job. Go. Here we go. The I check's was, in the mail. I, I, I know what you're saying. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I was a week into this job and, uh, and I was legitimately freaking out. I was like, I don't know how to write this much stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> some of that email came in. My boss was like, somebody emailed about getting you on a podcast. And I was like, I, I'll, I will, I will happily talk to them when I'm not about to have a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> Sorry it took so long, man. It was, no. This was a blast. And I, no, I'm I just was giving really, you a hard really, time. <laughs> uh, really, um, really uh, flattered, man. I were genuinely very flattered that you asked me to come on and, and really enjoyed talking with you. It was a fun conversation. We'll have to have you back. We do weekly interviews, so we always need somebody for, for an interview. Uh, so Anytime. don't Yeah, don't feel bad about a long time getting here because it's fine. We needed one for this week, and you're it. So don't worry about there it. There you go. And uh, if you got something you want to talk about, maybe even better, you want to rant about. Like those kids and their JKs and their four doors, you know, call it. Call, oh, Lord. Just call me up and let me know. We'll get you on the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do a Jeep Angry Eyes grill cover rant. I'll give you one of those. Uh, don't even get me started. My daughter, my youngest daughter, put one of that one of those things under two thousand one. But you know, it's her oh, G. Lord. It's her. I still send her the memes though, and she says, yep. "Do you want me to get rid of the angry eyes? I'll get rid of the angry eyes." I said, no, no. <laughs> Just showing you what the public thinks. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, Pete. You have a great night, and thank you again. Hey, you too, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks again to Peter Korn for coming on the show. I just wish we could have gotten a little more banjo in there, but I... (laughs) Great interview, and we hope to have him on the show again here real soon. In the meantime, however, we want to hear from you. You don't need to be a famous author or an industry-leading expert with this company or that. To be honest, some of our most downloaded shows are interviews of an average, everyday person just like you. We're looking for the next Jeep story, and we want to hear yours. Reach out to us today, and let's talk Jeep. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and let us know that you have a Jeep story to tell. So, Wendy, are you familiar with the uh, Matt's towing uh, videos? Yes. With the yellow XJ? Yep. So, uh, it, by popular demand from our listeners, they, they several uh, several of you uh, recommended getting Matt on for an interview, and we exactly. tried. We tried, and we tried, and we tried. Absolutely nothing. Heard absolutely nothing from them. And, and we've bitched about it here on the show. I know I have. So it's happened. Matt's Yay. Towing has reached out to us and is interested in doing and having Matt on to do. Now, it wasn't Matt. It was one of his people because, you know, if you, if you get enough views on YouTube, you get people. And you yeah. don't have to actually do things yourself. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And 
<laughs> so uh, they've contacted us. Uh, I've, uh, we've uh, emailed back and forth. Um, so I'm still waiting to hear as far as when they want to schedule the interview and stuff. But uh, if anybody has been uh, poking uh, Matt's towing, continue to poke. Be, thank you. Be nice and respectful. Uh, yes. and absolutely. Thank you for any poking that you've done. But more poking needs to happen because we want to get them on the show. I think I think the Matt interview would be a lot of fun. You could have bought me a drink first. <laughs> 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 yeah, too late for that now. Here, eat a McNugget. Snorkels. And the benefits of snorkelism. Snorkels. Work direction to point or aim. There stands snorkel. Get back to me. Stack. A.K.A. A.S.A.P. X.J.F. At least you know, it's short. I, I, at first, I thought I was hearing a speaking spell. It, it kind of had that. <laughs> kind of had it that. It did that actually. To it. <laughs> well, at least it's running. <laughs> How's that thing up here? I, I just told her to change the batteries, and then voila. So uh, the uh, stop bringing that damn '99 uh, Toyota Corolla out here, Josh. I'm getting sick of yeah. seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> can make it. You know, earlier I talked about supply chain issues and an online retailer, retailer's reluctance to openly display a product's true availability. Over the course of the last year, what sort of supply chain issues has disrupted your Jeep build? I know uh, everybody out there has had uh, a little bit more time on their hands. Well, a lot of people have had more time on their hands. And some have even had a little bit more money on their hands as well. Uh, we got another stimulus coming and uh, certainly have had a couple few over the last year or so. So, um, you know. Uh, I imagine there's a few Jeep uh, Jeep funds out there that have had a few extra cents in the old can. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, this week we're going to go around the campfire and uh, talk with some of our listeners and our co-host about what sort of supply chain issues has disrupted their Jeep builds. We pick a topic each and every week. We talk about it uh, with our hosts and with uh, well you, the listeners, as well. And uh, we've got some listeners that join around the campfire side uh, each and every week. And you can too, and you can find out how in just a little bit. For right now, though, I'm going to go right to the top of the list and talk with Andrew P., uh, who's here with us tonight, and ta- and see what kind of sort of supply chain issues has disrupted Andrew's build. Andrew, what do you got for us? Oh, so uh, I haven't really had any, too many supply chain issues. I mean, I just bought a new engine for my uh, Jeep from uh, Fraser Engines, but not too bad for did you, have to go through a, uh, did you have to go through a core swap with that? I, I've actually been looking at uh, engine replacements myself uh, versus doing a rebuild, uh, you know, priced out of Stroker and, and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, and, and it seems like a lot of the uh, engine manufacturers want a core back. Uh, they give you the means to ship that back typically, but it's, uh, it's up to you to make that happen. Uh, did you run into that situation or was this uh, sort of a, 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 a full package deal? So with the uh, Fraser, it actually worked out really nicely. They uh, they they'll give me hundred percent of the cord charge back, and uh, they'll pay for the shipping back to oh, nice. them. You know, but granted, you're paying a good price for oh sure for that. But would you, would, you, day, uh, you be, would you be comfortable sharing with uh, with the listeners how much you spent for uh, for a new for a uh, new engine through Fraser? So I spent thirty two hundred dollars with the core charge. Core charge is five hundred and ten dollars. Uh, that's with one hundred percent of the core charge back, based on you know the fine print, the fine prints, mm-hmm. uh, no visual cracks or imperfections to the block. So otherwise, it's thirty percent of the core charge. Was back. this a, a four liter inline six or was this another engine? 
a, a straight four liter inline six. And I bought the they have three different packages and I bought the, the best one you could buy. So it comes with a five year unlimited mile warranty. So. Wow. That's a good nice. bet on a 4.0. Yeah. I mean, that you're going to, it's going to last at least five years. Of course, yeah, you never, sure. you never know uh, when you, when it, when you, somebody else puts it together, if they did a good job or not. Oh, exactly. Very good. Well, Thanks for sharing, Andrew. Uh, what about Bob? Bob, two cheap Jeep guys in the house with us uh, tonight. Uh, Bob, have you had any supply chain issues with getting Jeep parts over the last year or so? Uh, a lot of them. With the Red TJ, we got parts from Rough Country and Rugged Ridge and Smitty Built, and we had issues of some kind just with back ordering. some of them uh, six to eight weeks. Goodness gracious. You think that had to do with the COVID stuff? It did. We talked to them. Um, uh, some of it was sponsorship for us to put on Instagram and YouTube and stuff. So we were not uh, inpatient with them at all. It was We were more than happy to wait. But yeah, all of them had supply issues with COVID. Uh, Either manufacturing was slowed down or stopped, or they were having warehouse issues in some cases and stuff. I saw that beginning, uh, you know, around the second quarter of last year or so, uh, maybe even into the third quarter a little bit, where, you know, everybody was freaking out more or less and sending everybody home, working with skeleton crews or not at all. Uh, we're well past that at this point. Uh, and, and it seems like now... It, it, it it's almost if you're still shut down it's what that what the f is going on uh, and why uh, and so it's that's why i'm like confused at this point why are we still seeing supply chain issues when virtually everybody is 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 opening back up and we're seeing production get back going and we're seeing you know things return to normal quote unquote so you but, know why this sort of stuff is happening you know it's it just mm. well part part of it josh is the supply chain has to do with parts or pieces that need to get in here and it has to do with there's no containers the whole world sort of stopped last year and there's a container issue of getting things shipped to this country so that's where really? a lot of it comes in yeah, we just we just bought two containers we just bought a 20 foot and a 40 foot container now granted, I, know, I will i will admit that 20 foot containers right now are hard to come by but 40-foot containers are plentiful around here on the West Coast, at least around the Portland metro area. But we well, also have so, a, you know, a big shipping hub here. So Yeah, well, same with Long Beach. But now, so what happened is back in China and all those places, they stopped production of things. And then when they got back into making production, the shipping container people, whoever those guys are, they couldn't. they were not moving the containers around. So they got delayed and then there's problems and issues with containers being available to ship product and then once they could get them on there the ports are packed i mean if you look at long beach here in california there are ships standing out there waiting to get stuff and supplies in so wow. the supply chain is working but they're i mean in our industry they're actually talking about you know next probably by summertime not having enough product to fill stores because of the Good. supply problem of just getting the products here and getting it shipped. So this could be part of the problem, too, is the supply chain is, you know, everybody's working, but they can't get pieces to make the parts or parts that they need. Uh, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Uh, I mean, yes, I, it's, it's all, it all sounds, you know, 
like it could happen. It's all very, you know, probable, possible, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I, I, I look at my recent ex uh, experience between Jags and Summit Racing and, and Jags falling flat on their face, all but, you know, lying to me almost, uh, exactly. where Summit Racing uh, has absolutely zero problems whatsoever. They are essentially doing the exact same thing, selling the exact same stuff. Why does one have supply chain issues, but the other doesn't? Makes no sense to me. One may it, have it comes, uh, their own inventory. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm saying. What I was saying earlier, you know, is, is yeah, Jags may have, you know, air fresheners and spark plugs, but <laughs> not much right, else, right. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Greg, uh, what, what sort of experience have you had with supply chain issues over the last year with your Jeep build? You know, I've done a lot of different stuff as far as ordering parts, uh, suspension components, track bars. Yep. Gosh, I've even ordered, uh, I mean, I, I maintain a fleet of five different vehicles here at the house. Not all of them are Jeeps, but I do all the maintenance for them. So I order all the oil, oil filters, everything off of Amazon. And uh, my pri that's my primary uh, supplier. And I do a lot of shopping around. I'll go to Rock Auto. And, and then I'll go to Amazon and I'll, and I'll uh, put in all the part numbers from Rock Auto onto Amazon and, and, and always do the price comparison, see if, yeah. which is the cheaper way to go. And normally Amazon wins out. Sometimes Rock Auto is better. Uh, mm -hmm. But I've ordered quite a bit of different uh, parts and material and supplies and uh, just different regular maintenance items. And I haven't had any issues at all. Actually, the, the longest thing it took me to get believe it or not, it was maybe a three weeks for a, uh, a, a uh, to replace a dipstick. <laughs> and, uh, huh. you know, not a big deal. So I, I haven't had no complaints here on my end. I remember uh, in the 70s, that was a derogatory term. They, people would call each other a dipstick. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I actually have a, an, a purchase that I haven't even bothered trying to get a refund on or anything. It was a rear main seal that I bought from like, I think it was one of those discount Mopar parts online places or something like that, you know, uh, and said it had it in stock, never shipped, never shipped. It was like $12. I, and so it's like one of these days, it's going to be like three years from now, I'm going to get a rear main seal in the mail. And it's going, what the hell is this? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how they get you. We yeah, finally yeah. found it. <laughs> Christopher, what do you got to say about supply chain issues? What have you experienced over the last year? I can say that I really haven't had any issues, um, but I haven't really been buying a lot of stuff either. Um, I did like water pump and some gaskets and things whenever I was putting a WJ together. But mm -hmm. other than that, it was pretty much part store had it or Amazon or other things like that. So uh, I haven't had enough. Uh, buying to uh, sure. really have an issue. So, yeah, you know, I, I found locally there hasn't really been much of an issue. It, it hasn't been until I've gone online, uh, and really only until recently too. I mean, uh, I've I've done a lot of work on on several vehicles over the last several months. Uh, I've ordered a lot of stuff off of Rock Auto. And I was actually really surprised to see just how much of the XJ stuff they don't have right now. That's just, you know, it, you know, click here to notify when it's back in stock, you know, type of thing. And, and it's just, I've been checking for weeks, nothing in cam and lifters. Uh, wow. and, and so it's just, yeah, it, it's one of those things to where, uh, you know, what, you know, what's going on? Why do they have a problem? But these other people aren't, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, Chris, 
Yeah, you know, it could it could be a, a number of different things. So that's why I'm I'm asking you guys out there, kind of get a little bit of perspective to see what you know sort of things you've been trying, where you've been going, what you've been doing, what you found, and you know what the kind of experiences you've having. Chris, sevenslats.com, great website. Go check out his blog. Chris, what do you got to say um, about supply chain issues? What have you experienced in the last year or so with your Jeep build? Uh, luckily, nothing for my Jeep. I did have quite an issue. Unfortunately, with Rock Auto, they did rectify getting a replacement exhaust for my daughter's car. That was a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, they they rectified that. What has me concerned right now is what I'm reading a lot. There's a big national back order on the oil cooler for the 3.6 and the JK. Now, I had my replace under warranty, uh, and I'm 120 plus thousand miles, but I'm reading online that, that they're six to eight weeks out for oil coolers. So if you got a 3.6 and it's leaking oil, you might have a problem. That's for an OEM replacement, though. Am I, am I right? That's for a Mopar unit, or is that for just anything that would fit into that location? Anything, and I've read, I've been following it. The, the Mopar, in this case, is the better one. People have said, yeah, I, I had a whatever the replacement yeah. is. And it didn't last. It lasted less than a year or lasted a year, and it went out again. Uh, so that's uh, something. I will say, I will add to it, though, in my day job, we deal on a lot of steel. Steel was an issue with the mills shutting down and coming back up online, kind of to Wendy's point, to get scaled back up. And what I've seen uh, on a day-to-day, the, the companies that, and, and like you said, why can some companies do it, other companies can't? Uh, the better companies are re- are able to respond and react. The companies that weren't so great, they're the ones having trouble because we have several steel suppliers. One of them, I won't name names, is horrible. I mean, they're they're pushing things out and we'll get back to you and they're weeks and months late where the other guys, you know, they're communicating and they're, they're maybe yeah. a day late or a week late, but uh, bad companies just look worse as we're spinning back up to normalcy. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, I mean, it just goes to show, you know, it, it kind of depends on how you're doing business, what kind of buying power you have. Uh, and, and of course, the, the ethics in which you run your company by. It, it definitely, uh, you know, makes a difference. Uh, you know, case in point right here. Uh, Travis, what do you got to say about supply chain issues? Have you seen anything, um, you know, in your line of business or, or with your Jeep build in the last year or so where, you know, kind of has you scratching your head a little bit? Hey, you can hear me? Yep. Yeah, there's Travis. All right. i but I was saying, you know, I've had zero issues. I haven't built or done anything really to the Jeep this past year. Um, anything I've done, it's been through Amazon, and it's been quick in here, uh, two to three days. Um, work-wise, I've had issues. You know, I've had products out of stock and different things that I'm trying to get in selling food-wise. Um, but the Jeep build itself and any issues, none. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, I mean, it, you know, it all depends really on the industry. Uh, and I think regionally as yeah. well, uh, it ha- there's a lot to do with it a- 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 as well. And now, obviously out here on the coast, uh, you know, big shipping port uh, just down the street from me, uh, you know, probably has something to do with it as far as availability. Maybe those in the in the Midwest uh, are probably a little bit le- you know, more part starved, if, if you will. I, I don't know. And that's kind of why I'm going around the horn here and asking people, you know, their their experiences and what they've seen uh, with stuff and in different industries as well. I know it's not all necessarily about uh, about the auto parts. Well, what about what about you, Wendy? Um, ha- have you and Bill uh, had any issues with getting parts for the Jeep? Have you have you been over the last year doing a lot of modifications to the Jeep at all, to where you've uh, where you run into this sort of thing? No, we've, you know the few things that we've needed, we've we've had to wait a little bit. That's pretty typical out here. But for instance, like Curry has axles on the ground waiting to go, but they're waiting for parts that are just sitting in a ship off the coast, waiting oh, for 
you know, them to be able to get into the port to be able to offload everything. So, yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of crazy. I can but... speak to that. Oh, there you go. There's Bill. Yeah, Bill has hey. entered the building. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Don and I were down at Curry just the other day, and I got to meet uh, Ray Curry for the first time. Oh, and cool! Ray, really get him proud on. of his facility. So I got a tour of the whole facility, uh, where the steel comes in and where the axles actually go out quite an operation and as you know you know they've been doing it since 59 uh when their dad started the business mm -hmm. so he's got his finger on the pulse of everything because he gets parts from all over the world uh you know in including italy uh you know for some of the gear sets bearings timken forget it timken's out uh on one of the bearings that they use so they had to go to another bearing oh no uh, they are really struggling to get parts. And a lot of it is because with the COVID thing and with the, uh, the shutdown and people making more money sitting on their asses at home instead of yeah. coming in and working. It's true. Things it's just, true. Yep. Things aren't getting uh, manufactured. And the other issue is he says there is so much that sits out in the harbor waiting for the uh, quarantine period to end and then come in and have the ability to actually have a dock to offload on and foodstuffs gets offloaded before yeah. uh automotive parts wow. so he says that there are there are ships that they've had out there that should have offloaded already but the food stuff gets in front of them and these poor guys are sitting out there some of them have been sitting out there for a month yeah. living on board just, looking yeah, at southern just, california coast just waiting so, to unload. After a while, you just get bored and take all the Jeep parts and build you a Jeep while you're uh, waiting to come <laughs> yeah, in. While you're waiting there. <laughs> it, it was amazing because there's a whole shelf that uh, is orders. And so it's all batches of the gears, the bearings, the seals, everything that goes into an axle. And that is an order. So it looks like a Home Depot rack, if you will. Right. Yeah, and sure. If, and it's got a piece of paper that's stapled to it or taped up to it. He says, if it is folded in half, that means we're waiting on parts. And I looked, and probably, oh, I don't know, 5% of what was up there, and I'm looking at probably 100 axle orders up there, and some of those pieces of paper represent two to three to four, maybe six axles, because they're going to some shop back on the East oh, Coast, yeah. were folded in half waiting for parts. He says, it's very frustrating. This, this is one time in their history where sales has outperformed what the factory could produce. Can, can you imagine getting your third stimulus check and finally having enough money yeah. to get that axle? And then, <laughs> nope. Nope. Not going to happen. Not this week. Yeah. You got the money for, because, because of COVID and you don't get the, the goodies because of COVID. Because of COVID. Yeah. Right. Tony, I'd ask you if you've had any issues, uh, but I know you buy everything through Amazon and get uh, everything yep. Prime, so yep. you know, there's <laughs> issues there, so yeah, i got to talk to you. Pass. <laughs> well, I can't thank uh, all of my listeners, uh, all of our listeners enough. Uh, you guys join in on uh, on the show every week, uh, and we had a couple of new names in there as well, so uh, glad to see you guys. Uh, remember, anybody can join in on the Campfire Side Chat. Tell Even if friends. this is your first time listening to the show. Next week, you can be on the show on, during the Campfire Side Chat. It's very easy to do. 
Uh, a number of ways uh, to find out the, how to do that and join in. Um, you can uh, get the information through our Facebook page. Um, you know, we, we post that stuff up. Um, uh, also, uh, through um, our, our newsletter, uh, we, go, we send out once a week. Uh, and we only send it out, you know, once a week. We're not going to spam you or anything like that. We're not selling any information. It's strictly for our use. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, very easy to do so. And that has all the information that you need uh, as far as inside information, what's going on with the show, when we're doing stuff, all that sort of stuff, and how to engage and interact with the show. Uh, all at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can find a link where you can click and sign up, and it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. So once again, I'd like to thank all of our listeners, Andrew, Bob, Greg, Christopher, Chris, Travis, and Mike, who joined in on the Camp Fireside chat, as well as Bill on the last-minute join. And I want to thank uh, both Wendy and Tony for uh, this week's show as well. And it's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can find a link that you can click on and sign up. It's very easy to unsubscribe as well. Make sure you guys are checking that out right now. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to check out the new and improved show notes for each episode at jeeptalkshow.com. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. I was lonelier than Kunta Kinte at a Merle Haggard concert. That night, I strolled into Uncle Limpy's hump palace looking for love. It had been a while. Back 365 had come winch since that midnight run hauling hog to shake town on I-10. I picked up this hitchhiker that was sweating gallons through a pair of Daisy Duke cutoffs and one of those brutal blue tank tops. Well, that night, I lost myself to ruby red lips, milky white skin, and baby blue eyes. Name was Russell. Yes, a lap dance is so much better than a stripper is crying. Podcasting since 2010. No longer podcasting in 2021. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was actually, uh, uh, I can't take credit for that. That was actually uh, lyrics from a song from Bloodhound Gang. <laughs>